Check. Check. Well, if it was Check. if it was Biden, there's not much assassinating you need yeah. to do. Oh, well, might, might give him a little t- too much sodium in his fucking. Might want to take that out of the episode. <laughs> right. Oh, Boy, I'm not which, saying uh, I'm gonna. I'm not saying Flay. I would do it. I'm just saying Flavin. Oh, which which one should I go to? The headphones. Yeah. Can I? Those right there will work. Yeah. And use these headphones. Yes, you can use those headphones. Um. Which what is, have we been doing lately? Is there a left or right? Or is it right? uh, it's just a headphones. Did you read any of that, that stuff I sent you about the, the references of all the other science fiction authors? I didn't and, have time. Dude. Because I was in the middle of a tournament. There's so many that I didn't fucking see. Like, cause ha- because mostly, I haven't read most of those authors. And I only stopped about... I stopped after I read the Tad Williams stuff. We can discuss it. It's really fucking interesting. Tributes and homages. George R. R. Martin has included a number of tributes and homages to other authors, friends, and fans in text of Song of Ice and Fire. He put stuff from uh, Sesame Street in it. Like all the well, Lord, yeah, all, all the, the Lords of the Trident are named after Muppets. Elmo, uh, all the Grover, and Tully. All the Tullys in um, Fire and Blood are named after Muppets. Right. Mm. All the River. But knowing. I'm turn you down a little bit there, JMO. JMO's joining us doing. this week on episode 415. What a time we're going to have. What a time. <gasps> what a delicious time. Five episodes before. Yeah, are you going to have a special for that? Go get some Delta 8 and get tuned up. I'm telling you, those Delta 8 gummies I bought that are 300 grams per. Did I tell you that story? 300 grams? Yes. That's five pounds. No, 300 milligrams. What is it, milligrams per, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever the measurement is, there per one one of these is 300 grams. Jesus fuck. Yeah. You only eat like a tiny bit, right? I, I, I fucking scrape a fucking sliver off the end of it when I want to have, when I want to get a little bit of it. God. Damn. And that's a funny story. I think I, I might would, have told that story. I would try one of them, <laughs> like a whole one, one time just to see what happens. No, I would hallucinate probably. That's the point. I don't want to hallucinate. I kind of do. You don't try it. I'll try it. Right. Okay. Should I play the uh, intro, the theme song? The theme thum- song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're playing. Oh, Lord. What was no, that? Go back to the beginning. Stupid thing. It was stuff where we played it last week. Yeah, check it. Come on, yeah. Turn up the microphone. Turn my headphones I can't hear up. It. <laughs> Turn them shits up. Turn my headphones up. Hey, I can't hear it. I said turn them shits up. Uh. <laughs> Got your booty on blast. You ain't first, you ain't last. Uh. Check it. Me and Jamie were talking earlier about um how I turn just regular ordinary everyday songs into stuff about gay stuff yeah like um i take uh, go your own way by fleetwood mac mm-hmm. and sing you can fuck me i'm gay you can pound my butt cheeks until you spray nice it's pretty good stuff it is yeah um i have a number of other ones i just can't think of another one right now because mm-hmm. that one's been stuck in my head for more than a year i mean that's the best one probably it is pretty good Bound my butt cheeks <laughs> until you spray. It's great stuff. <laughs> Ooh, you spray? Oh yeah, when you come. Uh, you ever come before? I wouldn't. Jamma's never come. Tell me more about this. Well, you take your wiener and you get it real hard. I wouldn't. No, we need to have it. this in an, in a in a 
the the Louis the Lightning Bug guy's voice. You take your penis, <laughs> and then you stroke it real long. Would, you I have a spear it in your hand. <laughs> I, have a, I have a problem with the description of it being a spray. I'm thinking like a mist. Yeah, well, that's a spray. It's fun. Some people mist. Some Spurt. people don't. There's not. You want, you want it to look like a a. Like you, a pump lotion thing? Yeah, I think there needs to be more viscosity to where it can't mm, spray. What about the thermal breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time I've it's ever so heard terrible. viscosity, I remember from thermal, that, thermal yeah, breakdown coming from that, after yeah, that video because of that commercial, uh, commercial for... Uh, it shows the, the engine, brrr, yeah. it turns really red, and then... Mm-mm-mm. Um... What a day. Me and J-Mo have had a day. We uh, played a disc Me golf too. tournament this morning in um, Dunbar, the wine cellar. Dutch had an 800-plus rated day yeah, I did both, okay. ra- both rounds. I did okay. I did okay at wine cellar. I should have done better, but you know, you leave some out on the field. There you go. Um, then we went and played another round at Little Creek with our friend William. It's so weird, the people you end up being friends with in disc golf, because I'm pretty friendly with a 16-year-old guy. I mean, just from playing disc golf with them. And I'm also friendly with multiple 70 and 65 year old guys just right. from playing disc yeah. golf with them. <laughs> and, then, and like you were talking, William and like uh, another guy who he, has, he hasn't played for a while, but he used to, he, used to play, he played some last year and he's yeah. like, he's all tattooed and like, yeah, has like all kinds of piercings. And like, there's no other, there's no other, um, there's no other thing that I can think of where these, where they would be friends. Like, right. <laughs> But Make like strange bedfellows. Yeah. But it, it, actually, this golf, it's, uh, it's I beat, pretty. I beat William on our second round. Usually William beats me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you played well. I got him in our second round. It's good. Yeah. He's uh, he's about that tall. And uh, he just kind of flings it out there and lets it go where it goes. He rarely ever gets a bogey. Um, Yeah, it was fun. Last weekend was fun, Please too. He gets all birdies. No, he gets pars. No. He, he'll get a bogey now and then, but it's not. He's he's not worried about getting birdies. Right. He's just like he doesn't he, make big mistakes. He's playing to fun. Yeah, he's playing to get the pars, and if a bogey happens, he doesn't care. Mm. Probably how I'd play. That's probably the way I should play. Well, that is kind of what I did today. I just made one too many two or two too many mistakes. Yeah. Um, wine cellar is a tough little course because it's all up and down. It's all fucking hikey. Yeah. I only play it once a year when there's a tournament there. I never go back there. Is that a term? Hikey? It's it is now. I don't okay. Know. I mean it's a good one. I can see that but being said between, you know, disc golf disc golfies. It's really hikey that course. Yeah, I I, I say it a lot, actually. We refer to ourselves as uh disc golfsmen. Yeah. I thought it was the fair women. That's our oh, team yeah. name. Oh, okay. That's not what we are. Okay, I got you. You know, your title is... The okay. Fairway Men are a subset of disc golfsmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, show, I'm, I'm showing Chuck a Venn diagram right yeah. now. <laughs> Looks like two gigantic tits. Oh, sorry. That's Actually, it was. <laughs> that was tits. Uh, so what have you been doing today? Well, I got up and uh, worked out. Nice. Um, completely still, still have changed the way I worked out. I'm, I'm, I've given up bench pressing altogether. Good job. Um, and doing inverted, like inverted pushups, um, with now with dumbbells down, cause it makes it that much harder. 
So those are fun. Um, hmm. I actually feel good for the first time. My shoulders have stopped hurting in large part, and I'm actually building them back. Plus, building back better. There you go. Come on, man. <laughs> and and, and the crazy better. thing is, I haven't I haven't boxed in a few days. And there's that thing that happens when you're you're CNS heels, and then you're just and then you just feel when you're doing something right. You like I'm snapping punches out, and I know they're good. Like it's just that feeling that you're. Mm-hmm. I love that feeling. It's the best feeling in the whole world. So I was just throwing a few. To make you want to dance across the ceiling. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like threw at the punch bob. I like threw like a few different combinations and felt pretty good. So. Have you thought about cutting a hole in the punch bob's mouth so you can fuck it? I, I have more than thought about it. Hmm. Is that yeah. the, uh, is that the, it's not a, I, I guess it could be a game, but it has like, it's a torso and it has different yes. lights in different places. Hmm. And you punch- well, it doesn't have lights. It just has, it's a oh. torso and a head. So you can learn think, how to learn how to place a punch. I think they so. do make them with lights and stuff. They do. To, that's pretty cool. It is. And it records but, your reaction time or something. Well, and some of them will measure your power. So, um, but it's just an easy way to do that. If you're knocking it sideways or something like that, then you're hitting it pretty hard. Yeah, you know what you're doing. All right. Hmm. There's 200 pounds of sand in it, so I got to think. Sand? Yeah. You ate sand. <laughs> it wasn't a crawdad. We threw it in a pot. Um <laughs> No, when I, that's the way I think. I, was like, I think if I'm hitting a 200 pound man and, I, and I'm knocking that sideways, which is just dead weight, then that's you know it's pretty good. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, we went and got Mexican. That was pretty good. Jalisco. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Me and John went there last week. It's the best place. It in the is world. so good, dude. It's the so carnitas. good. The carnitas. Oh boy. I got the uh, just the thing I always get with a different. Uh, Burritos. I don't know what it is. Is it the burrito supreme? I think it it's is. It's a lot of supreme. Yes, that's like three, yes. four different burritos. Yes. Yeah, I got that. And it was so fucking good, dude. Like I hadn't eaten for like that entire day. We had gone out and done some shit. We went and checked out the island because there were some homeless people staying there. And Ew. well, I mean, we we're gonna dismiss them if they were there, but they nobody was there. Dispatch so. them. What's the We'd island? Like, it's a. Uh, when you're crossing the bridge at Golly Bridge, that that oh. piece of land that's in the oh, river, okay. it's, not, it's not an island because it's connected to something else. But for all intents and purposes, it is. So um, it's actually a peninsula. It's a rock bar, I think, would be the the proper mm-hmm. thing. What what it would be? It's really nice. Like it's really it's really beautiful out there. But it's covered in all the fucking degenerates. I don't say I don't mean degenerates. I guess they're just. You're sounding a little bit like a Republican right now. I am right now, and it's, I don't like that. But there are people who don't have jobs and don't want Vagrants. Va- yeah, vagrants is a better word. I mean, that's... Ne'er-do-wells. No, mm. because they might actually be good, good people. Just because you're homeless and have problems doesn't make you a bad person. So, um, and they might even have been people that were okay, be okay to leave. Be like, sorry, man, we're just, you know, we didn't have anywhere else to go. And I'm, and I'm sure John and myself would have been like, eh, well... Okay, hang here for a while, but then try to find someplace else. You know what I mean? Like, this is owned by somebody, and you're going to run into people who aren't as kind as we are because it's owned by different, like, different sections of it are owned by different people. Hmm. So, we were just looking at the stuff he owned, and they had been staying on it, but they were gone. But there were, they were also in spots that he didn't own. So, they're going to might run into some people that are a little bit more serious. So, hmm. what if they own a timeshare? <laughs> I don't know. 
you ever go to a timeshare thing? Oh, God. I did. South Park had, a, had one, that whole thing, and they kept on going, you got the silver store. They got the silver store. It is kind of like that. It is. It was weird. <clears throat> Me and Max's wife went down there, and they uh, they basically gave you a hotel for five nights or whatever. You just had to come to one thing so they could pitch you a timeshare. Do they try to high-pressure sale tactics? Yeah. I mean, like, make you feel bad for not buying it. Yeah. Oh man, I, I would, I would. That makes me extremely uncomfortable. They, we were absolutely not going to buy it. No, and, no. And that's the thing. But um, they looked up. Uh, they had all of our paperwork in front of them. And it says, "Oh well, it says here your income doesn't meet our specifications. So I guess we're just going to have to charge you for the hotel for the week." And we were like, "Okay," because you said our income did meet the specifications whenever we came down here. So you go ahead and try to charge us for a hotel. And you'll get sued. Yeah, because she was working for lawyers at the time. Right. And they immediately backed off. They're, they're like, fine. What? Everything I've heard about timeshares is, seems crooked. Like trying to get out of one. and Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking nightmare. Like if you're into it and you're willing to do it, I suppose it's worth it. But if you're not, then you have entered into a deal that you are going to regret until your dying fucking day. So. Like there's a whole industry of trying to legally get out of a timeshare. Yes. Like it's Yes. Do you have a timeshare that you can't get into? We'll get you out of it, you know, that whole deal. And they probably meet behind closed doors, like, hey. Then you gotta fucking negotiate with the other people that own it. Yeah. Like which day Because they're gonna have to pay more. It's so crazy. Yeah. And good luck with that. Well, you're gonna have to pay so much more. No, we're not paying that, so you're not getting out of this. <laughs> the only way is the only way to do it is to appeal to their Selfishness Be like look um, You get more time That you get to come here Less people to share The time Exactly with. So You see It's such a scam It is It's But it was It was nice To get that free vacation Sure down there. That's the only way I've ever seen the ocean is Yeah <laughs> Doing shit like that Oh no I've been Oh you got a trip To the ocean to Yeah the, To Myrtle Beach To where the timeshare Would be and who the yeah, fuck we stayed would in a, want a timeshare in Myrtle Beach? Stayed in a terrible hotel in Myrtle Beach. Fuck Myrtle Beach. I like Myrtle Beach. I don't like it it's at all. It's the only beach I've ever been to. Though. Carolina Beach, all the way. Yeah, I like going to the lesser populated beaches. Wrightsville, just, Carolina, fucking, you know, all those. You know, they're just top sale. They're all better. Because Myrtle Beach is just packed with just obnoxious mm-hmm. fucking he people. He doesn't like it because black people go there. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. See? <laughs> no, I don't like it because it's 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 like the casino. It's designed the, the line from casino. It's designed to take your money. And that's and other beaches aren't like that. Carolina Beach and stuff like that. No, don't get me wrong, it's businesses and they want to make money and all that stuff. But it's not a tourist trap. Yeah. Like people go there year after year and they have, you know It's just a beach. It's yeah, not all exactly, the other exactly. stupid stuff. Like all those stores. Um, the wings that all have the fucking, same yeah, things yeah. in each one of the stores. God, and it's all shoddy as. Fuck. I bet there's Trump stores down there. Did you oh, see the yeah. South Park episode with uh, Garrison stores? No, Mr. Garrison had because he was the Trump in, right, right. in in that couple seasons. They and they had Mr. Garrison. I'm stores. gonna fuck them to death, basically. And uh, apparently, there are actual Trump stores like that all over the place. I'm sure there are. It's insane. He's just a fucking huckster, buddy. Well, I don't and think he, he has anything to do with as it. As in hucking things against the wall and hoping they stick. I mean, Trump, like when they go to his rallies, like he, they cart out Trump brand water that never sold. 
You know, it's just regular water, and they slap Trump fucking yeah. uh, labels on it. Trump steaks. You know, all that fucking horse shit that... He, well, if we're going to talk I, about here, Trump steaks, I'm going to pull up the ad. Well, here's the thing with him, though. Here's actually something that is an admirable quality in a fucking thoroughly disgusting and awful human being. He is nothing if not persistent. I mean, he... Business ventures of his that have failed... He will keep trying to make to make it happen. <laughs> he will until, he will try to make fetch happen until his dying fucking day. So um, he's still trying to sell Trump steaks. You ever seen this, Jamo? Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth gonna it. See it when it comes to great steaks, I've just raised the steak. <laughs> Sharper Image is one of my favorite stores with fantastic products of all kinds. That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. Trump steaks are the world's greatest steaks, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. It's an electronic store. By far the best tasting, most flavorful beef you've ever had. Beef. Truly in a beef. league of their own. Trump steaks are five-star gourmet. this terrible quality footage. Quality that belong in a very, very select <laughs> category of restaurant and are certified Angus beef products. Oh, that's in there There's for nothing purpose. better than that. Of all of the beef produced in America, less than 1% qualifies for that category. It's Fainting the best goats. of the best. Until now, you could only enjoy steaks of this quality in one of my resort restaurants or America's finest steakhouses. But now, Bull that's fucking changed. shit. Today, through the sharper image, <laughs> can I get a you Trump can steak? enjoy the world's greatest... You know those really bad steaks you get at a place like Ryan's or yes, always, that's what Trump steaks are. I think. Oh, always, absolutely. I always buy my filet mignon at Circuit City. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a point. I get my uh, bacon wrap filets at Radio Shack. Yeah. You ever go to Office Max and get yourself some nice ribeyes? <laughs> We're there. We've got a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Thematic comedy. <laughs> One time I went to Blockbuster Video and I rented a couple of steaks. Yeah. They weren't that good. They're yeah. okay. I like to go when I'm on my way home and I like to stop at the red box and pick up a couple of sirloins. I get my skirt steak <laughs> from Dress Barn. <laughs> get it? Skirt steak, dress I barn. I, I do. We're it doing was, a thing. It was good. It was good. We're doing a bit. <laughs> What was it called? The, ste- the steak you talked me into getting when we uh, finally fucking cowboy cut ribeye. Yeah, cowboy cut. Oh, we've been trying after disc golf. We've been trying to go to like a um, thick. It, it was well, like a two year journey. To- yeah, we've been trying to go to like a Texas Roadhouse mm-hmm. or somewhere like that. But they're always booked up to shit. Oh yeah. But one day we finished at like two thirty or three, and we're like, well, let's give it a shot. And so we called ahead, and it was still twenty minute wait once we got there and got into a Texas Roadhouse up near Fairmont. And I talked him into getting a cowboy cut ribeye, and I don't think he regrets it. No, it was probably it was, it was the best, probably the best steak I've ever had. Yeah, Fairmont though, yuck. Had a couple nice courses up there. I'm sure, but it's just it's a it's a weird feeling place. It's like Wheeling. It's, it's like just be it's, Morgantown. It's well, it's technically in West Virginia, but it's really not. It's not. It's like being in. Uh, but it's like being in Galpolis. The reverse of that is Galpolis is just West Virginia. Would you say that? It might, it's in Ohio, but it's just West Virginia. Would you say that about Morgantown? It's technically West no, Virginia. No, it is. See, that's the difference. Because you have WVU there, that changes the dynamic. Yeah. Fairmont doesn't have WVU. It has Fairmont. The Falcons. The Falcons. The Fighting Football Falcons. Which actually were a decent football team at yeah. one point. Um, 
That's that's crazy, man. All those West, even Tech. Tech at one point was a good football team. Mm-hmm. All those small West Virginia teams at one point were good football teams. Glenville had Rich Rodriguez. Well, that's the thing. Right before I was, he won. They called me one to come play there. That's a that's a completely true story, by the way. It always sounds like bullshit, even to me, but it's not. I think he called um, me too. He probably did. I mean, we he he liked he liked kids. He was very good at getting the underdeveloped talent and actually making them work. Right. That's see. I think he wanted me to come and walk on, and even said, you know, we'd like you come on and, and play linebacker. I was sitting there thinking, um, have you seen my forty times played linebacker? <laughs> like I'm smart and I can hit really hard, but I am not a fucking. I am not a speed. I don't have a lot of speed. So maybe at that level they do the old middle X every time, like I used to do. Uh, sure. It's it was going to be like a. They were a Smash Mouth football team at that point, so I would. I would. I think I would have done okay. Not not a, not been a star, but not embarrassed myself either. So I think two guys on my team, my high school team, went and played. One of them I know went and played at Glenville. Another one either went to Glenville or Concord. I yeah, I remember which. I mean, he was he was able to like like players like you and me were who were hard-nosed good football players, but probably weren't given all the gifts that other players were. But if you did worked with them, they could be a really good well, I mean, a really good player. Look what he know. did with Pat White, <clears throat> Steve Slayton. Yeah, but I mean, Owen Schmidt. Right, but uh, I'm, nobody was wanting those guys. Right, they're like. But I'm saying, but a that's backup. a different level. I'm saying, yeah. You know, you would have taken somebody like. Um, I'm trying to think, some of the the players on his team that were good players. But they weren't. They have no chance of playing in the pros for one thing. Another thing, they're barely a college star, but you know their name because they're they're always in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. That's I think what we would have been like in that at that level, right? I think I, I think I could have been okay in that Glenville or somewhere like that. I really, it was just finances. We there's, I, just, I didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind playing, but my, we couldn't afford for me to go there. Like you know, you're a walk on. You get no financial help and. You know, my folks weren't Rockefellers, so you know mm. that's just. Do you have any college scholarship offers for football, JMO? Not for football, just for education mm. related. Did things. you play? Okay. No, I didn't. I never played football. I played little little league, senior league baseball. Didn't you play football? Bitty basketball. I played high school soccer. I was the goalie that senior year. Um, that's crazy. Summer. I was in. I was in marching band and. I was in band and jazz band and all that stuff. Band's great, man. Annie got so she got uh, she's gotten so much. That's my daughter. She's got so much because of band, you know, and and wanted to. Does she play in the, the her college? Yeah, she band? plays for Eastern Michigan, which is a a traditionally black school. So their band is obviously going to be good and you know higher caliber. I mean, that's like, just, like they dance. That's just the way it works. Well, yes, it's just the way it works. Yeah. So. Um, it's not a racial thing. It's just, you know, that's the tradition. There are more entertaining people. Well, it's traditionally how it just shakes out. Like the, yeah, the, the tradition. I've colleges. seen Stomp the Yard. <laughs> they, her, I've seen Drumline. Their Drumline do, they do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're really good. And Annie's good enough that he, even as an underclassman, they, they wanted her to come play on stuff. She's gotten scholarships and she plays on these, um, non school affiliated, um, like percussion groups. Is the campus near Detroit? No, Eastern. no. It's Eastern's Eastern is out near uh, Dearborn. Okay. What was so, the name of the group she was in? Uh, motor. Well, this year it was um, shit. 
He asked me too quick. She was with Motor City last year, and this year it's um, Redline. Mm. We went and saw her play um, week four last, I think. Maybe I have video of her playing. Has she been with them for two months? Is that the logo? Yes, that's it. Let's see how they sound. Let's judge them real that's, quick. I can, I can take it right now. That's them. Which one's Annie? She's she's not on that part of it yet. She doesn't play percussion. She plays percussion. It's, an, it's a percussion group, but she she's like she she plays the timpani. She plays things like oh, that. Okay. She's not on the. She can play that, but just not yet. I can. She's, that's probably her crossing behind there. Those are flag girls. That's right. It is. Yeah, I can tell right now that that one kid on the left, the second from the, well, from the left, um, he aged out this year. They're definitely the real deal. The the, the song they opened with sounded like a Stranger Things song. This is purely a percussion ensemble? Yes. For some of the songs, they have a kit in the center, and there's a kid playing a rock kit, and he's really good. They're all, it's very professional. Um, we love going to see her play. I, I wish we could get to see her play more, but. That's pretty neat. Thanks yeah. for watching. Fuck you. What's the Eastern Michigan mascot? Eagles. Eagles. They're, uh, are they in the Are they a Mac school in the Mac conference? <sighs> if there is a Mac, then yes. I mean, I don't know if there's even a Mac anymore. Because over the weekend, Trump announced he was quitting the show. I thought we'd take a few minutes right now to talk with him. So please welcome via satellite. Mr. Donald Trump, what's that? Is this the fucking guy with the lips? <laughs> <laughs> These are the best, dude. That was the best. I think it's my, Robert Smigel. That was the best uh, welcome, late night show Donald, ever. Oh, yeah. Trump? He was on NBC. I'm fine. Now, I'm let's, terrific. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, NBC's saying you didn't renew your show, but you're saying that you quit. Trust me, Conan. No one fires Donald Trump. I that is definitely Robert Smigel. I did it on my own terms. Okay. But Mr. Trump, uh, NBC obviously wanted to drop the show. Trust me, it all happened on my terms. I marched into NBC's offices and I told those clowns, I want The Apprentice off the air. And I mean now. Okay, okay. we get and it. I said, I. Oh, God, he's so. He's In so. How anybody can can unapologetically, unironically love that man is just completely beyond me. Conan's not that bad of a guy. No, no, I love. I mean, uh, you know, I'm no. Just Trump is seeing people get uncomfortable when when they're fans of his, and the and he he sees and he starts talking and saying dumb shit is really fun because you can just feel like, oh god, I'm. 
I'm really going to have to explain this yeah. to someone. I'll have to, I'll have to defend this later. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's just the most asinine horseshit. I mean, the whole thing. Like the, oh, on another one is Marjorie Taylor Green. Just you know, the the look on. I, I, I won't. I won't say how I know this person, but um, I came in and. Uh, we were having a discussion. He started it. He's just like talking about politics. And I was like, dude, I don't think you want to engage in this one with me. <laughs> and not because, because I was going to beat him because I knew what I had in the, in the holster. And he hardly, he obviously hadn't seen it. So I was just like, I brought up Marjorie Taylor green, moving the conversation in that direction. He's like, I think she's great. I think she's a fighter. I was just like, she's an idiot. And he's like, no, she isn't. She's not that dumb. I was like, here's how dumb she is. She thought Gestapo was <laughs> Gaspacho. Yeah. She conf- confused Nazi secret police with ice cold tomato soup. <laughs> and he got so fucking pissed off, he didn't know what to do. That's not real. Like, no, it's absolutely real. Go look it up right now. It was a tweet, but that could have. She could have just not checked her spelling on the tweet. The, it will. It will. No, no, I'm no, I'm not. I'm not letting her. No, Gestapo is a word. It's not going to. I know it's a word. Gestapo. It could. I don't think so. Oh yeah, Gestapo and Gaspacho are are are, are spelled completely different. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I've I've there's had, a Z in there. I've had things autocorrect to things completely different. <laughs> I can't believe this. Anyway, this is the same woman that instead of petri dish called it a peach tree dish. Yeah. I mean, she's just a fucking moron. And the people who, I mean, she's so. Just abrasive and dumb, and the people who have to defend her unabashedly. Yeah, just I think she's. I like, God, you know, go back to racking weights at the local CrossFit gym, you stupid fucking bitch. I mean, nobody wants to hear anything you have to say. Um, Lauren Bobert, that's another beauty. I mean, she's just she's not as dumb. Like she says dumb shit, but she doesn't say dumb things to that level. Like she is, she's got some savvy. And knows how to carry herself. She's not intelligent. Like, she's definitely not educated. But she's not dumb like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Not, not Marjorie a Taylor, like ex- Exactly. Marjorie Taylor Greene fucks around her husband all the time. She's, you know, she's that She's that person. She's, if it wasn't for that face, she wouldn't be that bad. No, her she's face not. face is rough. Well, I mean, you can't take PEDs for that long and nothing happened. Um, so, and she was definitely on them at one point. It's, it's quite obvious. They get a look after a while. Um. But she's just so. All right, so this is a shit. <laughs> um, but then on the on the on the left, you have people like Maxine Waters, who's just a. She's really not that. She's not bright. She's retarded. Yeah, she's really not smart at all. And then you have, you know, the whole thing. I, I think part of the most cynical part of me wants to think that that's by design. You know they that they elect these people because they're that dumb, because it's entertaining. Do you think? And it's a possibility. No, absolutely. Yeah, it, so, I've been I've heard interviews with people saying that it is all WWE. Sure, people I, that I, have I, been in it. I like, can buy it. This is yeah, yeah. behind closed doors. They are laughing and shaking, laughing hands. and shaking hands, and being like, "Okay, we need forty eight people to vote for this." So it seems like we tried to get this through. Well, I, yeah. And I the that. other side, they're going to have 51, and then we're going to have two abstain. So we just need to make this seem like we tried, you know, that type of thing. But then there's the ones who you can tell they're genuine. Katie Porter's one of those. Elizabeth Warren's one of those. Um, don't know the, that Elizabeth Warren is one of those. Um, I don't know, Warren. man. I really like her. I think that she's, 
she has done things that aren't smart in the past, but seeing her take Wall Street people to task is fun. If, you've, kind of, if you've ever done that. It's fun, but it also could be WWE. I don't because nothing not, ever not happens with, to anybody. Not with her, I don't think so. They wouldn't those men wouldn't allow to be allowed to come on, on TV and be embarrassed like that. That's humiliating. And that's what happens, especially with Katie Porter. She gets her whiteboard out and starts humili- humiliating you. She got kind of wrecked on Bill Maher she a couple did. weeks ago. She did. I saw that. But that is a so that, that makes is me a, think that there's that not is much a rare there. occurrence. It makes me a, think that there's not much. No, there. she's having to defend something that is Absurd. Un- indefensible. Exactly. Really. So there's that thing. She Especially when Pierce Morgan's ragdolls you like that. Yeah. Like that dude's I mean, not that, much. No. What, I mean, what I think was I the could, topic? That I think it was trans, trans women, kids. trans kids, and trans people in women's sports and things like that. They just need to take the L with that. And yeah, you need to get rid fair. of that one. Right. Because it's not fair. all the, the right-wing people that I thought were dumb talking about a slippery slope, well, now the fucking... There's, it, they've greased it. They've greased the slope, right? I and mean, we're like, what is going on? I think everybody at this table would agree that most, that everyone should be able to live how they want to live and be happy. I think that's a right wing thing is that they don't believe that. Right wingers think that people who, like if they had if they had their druthers and they really would people trans people and gay people would be killed. They would they would like to see that. That's what kind of people they are. Well, they they wouldn't openly be able to be. The, who they are like they exactly you would have to go back in the closet i don't think i mean i don't think they want anybody killed Mm, i'm sure there's not all not not a large fucking percentage of them the vocal well no but what uh, what's that fucking trite saying that that always says that that's actually true trite sayings have a way of being true is that it doesn't take the vocal minority to kill people it takes the the neutrals who won't say anything so the p yes most people don't want that, and they would even have private reservations against it. But if a group of of a vocal minority decided to just take people out in the street and kill them, they wouldn't say anything. I don't know about that. Uh, I think I, I think have a little bit more yeah. faith in people than that. Are but you, I do think that what? I do. When did this happen? <laughs> and I mean, I don't think I think they want them to shut the fuck up about it and fucking stop being gay in public and shit like that. But I, I don't think they no, want to kill anybody. I have no faith in people. I mean. Having faith in people just gets well, you disappointment. What makes me want to agree with you is it's Nazi Germany. Like all the people, they they weren't all evil people, right? Like, but there's a lot of people that just kind of looked the other way in Nazi. Well, th- and Nazi that's one Germany. of the one of the most powerful lessons ever is that um, uh, Eisenhower went to the town that was closest to I think Auschwitz. And, oh, Schwitz. Or maybe it wasn't, because Auschwitz was out kind of, it had a railway running to it, so I don't know if it was near a place. It, it might not have been, but it's one of the concentration camps. And they, had, and they had time. come through, Jesus Christ. They had come through this town, and they were asking the German citizens, well, what do you know about this? Like, we don't know anything. And they all just kind of look at each other. He knew where they were lying. So he, once he liberated, liberated the, the, the camp and saw the conditions, and a grown warrior of a man looked at that shit and bawled like a baby, he had every one of those fuckers lined up and said, you march through and you see what the fuck you did by not doing anything. And they all had to walk through and see it. And they're all, some of them are vomiting, some of them are, you know, this. And he's just like, this is what happens when people like you let people like that do that. And that's what I believe. I mean, we have examples for that. I don't care if the, I don't care if it's Germany or the United States, the people are going to be the same. As a matter of fact, we've had this conversation before. The German people, especially around World War II and World War I, are some of the most highly educated, you know, intimidating people in the whole world. That doesn't mean they're not cowards. 
it kind of does because those people fought two world wars and should have won. They should have won both of them. Had 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 the sticks had the twigs fallen the other way, they would have won. So they're taking on the world from a place the size of New England and their warriors, dude. I believe in genetic memory and all those things. Those Germanic warriors had been that way since time immemorial. They are not cow- they are not cowardly people. They never were. So if you take that group, I'm not saying Americans are cowards because a lot of the genetic things are are the same. I'm saying they're the same. So if you if that happened here, but the framework of the education and the and the strict discipline and stuff the Germans have, we don't have. So imagine that. Those are strikes against what I'm trying to make my point. Do you think there's a difference in just like good people seeing bad stuff and not wanting to get involved, is there a difference in that and just pure peer pressure? Sure, there's a difference, but like, it amounts to the same thing. It, it, all right, I mean, I, I've heard a there was one of the best sayings I've heard in a Dragonlance book. Is there a difference between strangling a chicken, electrocuting it, and cutting off its head? Is there a difference in that? Well, of course, there's a difference, but not to the chicken. So. <laughs> You know, it, it, it amounts to the same thing for the for the people in the concentration camp. They don't give a fuck if you had private reservations, weren't scared to say something, or just an evil person and privately had glee about it, or you're a person that, you know, the only people who I, I believe got off the hook are people like Oscar Schindler, and even him by a slim margin, because it was only at the end that he saw these things. He knew that shit was going on, and... Then you had, but you actually had Germans who actively fought against. They were in partisan groups. They they funneled weapons to to you know that's that's not a lot of common knowledge too. Is that in places like Warsaw and Poland, the the Germans had to leave because there were armed groups, enclaves of armed Jews taking fucking shots at them every time they they stuck their head out of a fucking. They were sitting down to have a coffee. They were knocking them off. They eventually just had to leave because they would try to fight them street to street. You're not going to beat those people. They have nothing to lose. You have everything to lose. And that's one of the reasons anytime anybody talks about any kind of fucking gun control, Mm -hmm. people are like, no. Sure. And I agree. I get it. I agree with that. I mean, that's the thing. As I said before, when you can piss off both groups of people in the room, it's usually because you are taking every issue, issue by issue. You are not lumping everything into one thing or another. You should piss them off because people have their sacred cows on both ends of the spectrum. And if you're not able to attack them because you're afraid to offend them, you're doing the wrong fucking thing. You hear um, uh, it's a lot of lefties say that it doesn't matter if you have guns because they have planes. And That's actually true. Bomb- though. No, it is true. But there's all there's a bunch of goat herders in Afghanistan. that just want a fucking 20. That's war fair, too. Us. That's fair, too. But I'm saying that, you know. I mean, sure but, they, but sure. how many of them died in the in the in the oh shitload? But they exactly. just they just won a twenty year war against the greatest military the world has ever well, seen. Well, it's longer than that. I mean, they that's back to back. I'm talking about after the, fighting the Soviets, the last twenty. So years. it's longer than that. Oh yeah, it's you a know, forty. It's, it's a forty year war. But like the the war that we named right. in in two thousand. I'm saying if you're gonna if you're, if you're gonna quote the the factoid, then quote it all. Yeah. That's a group of people that fought Alexander the Great. You can't beat those people. No, you can't. You no. just do the thing you're gonna do. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, but then I think we're uh, <clears throat> Americans might be a lot like that. You st- you still have to have boots on the ground to control people. You can't just be hovering above them in a drone. Well, it depends on where you're at. Now, if you're in Appalachia, or you're in Texas, you're or fucked. yeah, you cannot fight the. You can't fight here. No, I've said that before. Even George Washington said that. We had I told you about this quote the other day. He said, "If I thought democracy was going to fall, the first, the last place I'd I'd hold out." And I'm paraphrasing is in the hills of Virginia with those Scots Irish farmers who are armed. That's us. That's West Virginians. So, and 
difficult terrain. Kentucky people and, as well. And just the oh, nature just, of the and, people. And the, just a hard fucking warrior group of people. We're, as I said, I'm a believer in gen- genetic memory. The Ulster Irish people are descended from some of the some of the finest warriors in the history of the world. People who fought Vikings, who are Vikings. You know, there it is such a mix of Celtic groups and Viking groups that went into that group of people that made them what they are, and that's why we still have fight in us here. Is because we're, we're the descendants of the people that were conscripted from Scotland and Ireland to fight the and natives. brought over here and fight the natives. And we got here and we looked around and said, "This looks a lot like home," and went up into the hills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> took our go weapons fuck yourselves. Us. Like these don't. And it didn't. You know, and I know. we stayed exactly. <laughs> we're like, this is all right. In a place, even a lot of the natives were just like, "Jesus Christ, guys, if you can make it a go there." You know, have fun. It's a really rugged fucking place to live. You know, they probably considered us fools. Like, there is so many yeah. better places to live. They than can't this farm. Place. They can't farm in the mountains like that. Well, I mean, it's just this. I'm not saying they weren't stubborn, tough people because they obviously were. I mean, they resisted fucking occupation and destruction into the 1900s. That is a feat to, to put it mildly. And that's after the, the one of the world's worst plagues swept both Americas. And it didn't just kill a bunch of people. It actually rendered a lot of them sterile. So this whole notion. That they just were outfought is completely fucking absurd. That it, that has no evidence. To You're talking that. about natives. Yes, the natives fought hard and were excellent warriors, but they actually run into another group of excellent warriors who were conscripted to do that, and that's us. And we, you know, had spent thousands of years fighting the Romans, the Vikings. You know, if you trace Celtic history, it's fucking one running battle to another. And fighting the world's greatest powers and beating them most of the time. We had beaten the Romans. The, the Celts were one of the only groups to go into Rome and sack the fucking joint. Now, we eventually had to pay for it because they eventually mopped us up and <laughs> sent us over to the British Isles. But that's another story. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> and some you lose really big. Julius Caesar knew what the fuck he was doing. We'll never go half ass. They know half step, and I think Big Daddy Kane said that. <laughs> I mean, I, I just got off a big. Uh, I listened to a brand new Dan Carlin, and one of them was called Thor's Angels, and the second part was Twilight of the Asir. It's about the Vikings, but then it links into the Celts and the. Okay. If you want to trace, uh, let's just call it white people history. It's the best type of history, really. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I'm talking Caucasian. Uh, Honky history. Honky history. Okay. If you want to trace good honky history, we're all descended from one group of people, the Latin culture that is in Austria. That gave rise to the Celts, the Germanics, all these different people. These big, terrifying warrior fucking people. Now, has the blood weakened some over the centuries? Yes, it has. But you don't have to scratch very deep to find it. Because, you know, that's why, you know, and I'm not trying to, this isn't a racial thing, it's more a cultural thing. You know, you you take this group of people and they fought people like the Romans and they were, and they were actually uh, enlisted to fight wars for other people who didn't. The Egyptians brought Celts in to fight their wars. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they were just like, holy shit, these fucking lunatic motherfuckers can fight. Let's just, let's equip them and send them out there. Maybe we don't have to deal with the Assyrians or, you know, whatever group they were fucking fighting. And then you had, but then you had to fight in the Romans. They lost the Romans eventually. Um, but then after that, the Germanic peoples who are related to those same Celtic groups crushed the fucking Romans left and right, and eventually ended up setting up uh, medieval history with like 
the Byzantine Empire and all this stuff. Those are Germanic groups. And these Germanic groups are terrifying individuals. They're big, they're scary, they're big mustaches, giant swords, you know, just implacable enemies. You can't, you know, you, you can buy them off, but it's going to take a lot to buy them off because they'd rather fight and take it from you. So, and they're related to the Vikings. All those groups of people are related. Now, if you set that over on Northern Ireland in Ulster, where Appalachian people come from, all those groups came together. The Vikings bred with the Scots, the Scots bred with the Irish, you know, and all those different groups came together and formed essentially Ulster Irish people. Now, there's that's a paraphrased history, and it's not that simple, but that's a I think that's a pretty good assessment of what happened. And then they came here. And that's why you have Appalachian people are tough, we're stubborn, we're all those things, and those are all traits of those people. So, hmm. and then every culture is crazy. Every culture who moves here becomes Appalachian. Mm-hmm. The Italians became Appalachian. Yep. The, the African Americans who came here became Appalachian. They take on they the get persona absorbed of the, by the yeah exactly the cultures culture. and and those because are good because it's the best. The entire country's copying it right now. Everybody's listening to Tyler Childers and fucking Chris Stapleton and fucking Sturgill I, I Simpson. I can't argue against They're, they're all wearing their fucking tore up fucking ball caps. They're all wearing their t-shirts. That Are they really? They're all doing exactly what we do. They're all it's buying trucks now. We, uh, a couple weeks ago, a John Lennon song came across... Uh, Oh, streaming! I forgot and, about that. And we were, and I was like, well, "You need to, you need to send this to Chuck." Completely forgot about it. that. You're gonna love it, and I'm gonna play it for you as soon as I find it's it. It's probably an Irish song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, Lennon, they're Irish. McCartney, Irish. You know. Here you go. It does have Yoko Ono in part of it, so I apologize. It's all right. Did you listen to that song I sent you? Oh, John. Probably. You need to play that one too. Play that one next. That's awesome. That's a great fucking tune, man. Damn, that's deep. And then Yoko. She doesn't have a bad voice. That's not bad. No. I didn't know she was Irish, though. She is. She is. <laughs> that lost tribe of. I'll send this to you. So Japanese you can, Irish. So you can listen to the whole thing. Play that uh, th- that song, Old John. It might, it's going to be in your. Um, your history in, in your message. You yeah, right now. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a joyous tune, but it's obviously an Irish tune and it's a war tune. <laughs> like mm. it's crazy how much how much joy that Celtic, Viking, Saxon, all those cr- groups took in war, I and mean, they just loved the fight. And you know, I'm not saying other groups don't. Human beings just love to fight in general. You know, but you definitely have different warrior groups. Another group. That love to fight and were the world's last warriors are the Polynesians. Those people hmm. are something else. I mean, that's one of the reasons they're bigger, stronger, than faster than everybody else because they were warriors for longer. Like and they Samoans. And, yes, yeah. they had to cross the ocean, and the people who were weak died. So all those people passed on their and and that's relatively recent in history. And that's you know, I watched a video about uh, and it's a. Uh, this is a great song. Come sisters, come weary. 
fucking war song yeah so and, 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 and how much fucking joy is in it you know what oh I mean? yeah they're ready to fucking go i mean and that's the the peoples in um game of thrones in the north are based on celtic peoples and germanic peoples so well the andals are more based on the angles i mean it's in the name yeah. but the first men are based on celt on like ancient celtic the gales the celts that's why like they that. have so much magic essentially yes and there's all, hardly any southern magic well, no, because they're all fucking, they're Catholicized. Like, they're, the seven is just Catholicism. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful watching him do what he, what he does. Um, but I was saying that I watched this video about, it's, it's, it was basically a completely, um, as much as one thing can be, uh, and it's a new video, uh, because I saw, I saw an older one. It was a, it was a, a, a black guy talking about the different, Groups of people and, and their strengths and weaknesses, and physically we're saying. And he discussed um, African American real touchy if a white guy's doing it. Well, of course, and he he actually acknowledged that, and he actually said, "I love the guy." He said, "If you are coming here for supremacy of any kind, get the fuck off my channel." Doesn't matter if you're black supremacy, white guy? supremacy. I can't remember the the name of the video. I'll have to look for it. I'll just search the n word. But I mean, he, but it was it was great because it was really interesting, and all the points he made were good points. He was talking about how um, that uh, the different conditions created different strengths and weaknesses. We're all human, but of course, those different conditions are going to create different things. And he went into uh, Africans and why they have more fast twitch muscle and makes them more athletic and all these things. He said white people have larger frame and shorter limbs going to make them strong. You know, that may, they're, they're strong people. Even though they don't have a lot of fast twitch muscle, it doesn't really matter because it's a different thing. Hmm. And then he discussed like... You're road graders. The, the Asians and how they... Um, are strong for their size and all this. I mean, just very interesting points. But then he went into the Polynesians. He basically called them superhuman. And I cannot argue with his fucking hmm. assessment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. He said they're. He said they're. They they are able to eat without check. They do not produce the chemical that makes you full. They wow. can eat and eat and eat and eat and put on so much mass. Because they just because the ones who were able to live through the long sea voyages were the ones who had that gene, so they passed it along. And he said that's why today they are terrifying. He was so he, big, and he was talking about how uh, in the different sports he was acknowledging the fact that Africans you know do better in athletic sports and stuff like that, but in strength sports, white people just overwhelmingly dominate. It's not even a competition. But he said, that would change if the Polynesians were to engage why in aren't they, sports. Why aren't they doing it? You hardly ever see a Polynesian. Because rugby pays more. Yeah. And it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, white people still have that thing. You know, The European cultures will say, instead of white people, I hate that fucking term. European cultures have, we still have a, a strength sport mentality. The one who's physically strong, not necessarily the fastest and all that stuff, the strongest one is what's desired. So they still have sports based around that. So your powerlifting, your strongman, even CrossFit, overwhelmingly dominated by by Honkies. European by European peoples, and it's interesting stuff. I mean, and he was, and and I again, I love the fact that his disclaimer at the beginning beginning of it was he said, "I don't care which group you're from. If you are coming on here to find." Uh, 
ammunition for you trying to claim supremacy. Get the fuck off my channel. I don't want you here. And I actually sent a message to him saying that was beautiful the way you did that. I mean, able to, I love the diversity of human beings. I think it's so interesting and it's great. And we all have our different strengths. It's and so weird that we're all the same thing. It is, but it's like, look, it's like, I'm the same thing as Shaq. Absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's like horses. You know, you have down to a pony up to a fucking, uh, what's what's known as a draft horse? Yeah, you know these gigantic a animals, dryer and a freaking exactly same animal, and and that's it's just the malleability of mammals, especially. It's so, like a French bulldog and a mastiff. Well, that's are so, the same. Well, thing. that's selectively bred, and that's a little bit different because we did that. That is actually imposed upon them. The things that created different groups of people are environmental, cultural, all these things. And it's a fascinating witch's brew of what creates different groups of people. Like the pale skin and all those things are, you know, and red hair. Nordic. Red hair is a Neanderthal gene. Hmm. So, you know, obviously a group of people from northern India, you know, around where the Caucasus Mountains and all those things are, um, interbred with Neanderthals to create a new group of people. And then you had the Polynesians who were from South Asia and a different group bred together to create this new group Have of people. Have you ever done like the genetic testing thing to see how much neanderthal you have i haven't but aunt Mar- I mean, aunt marilyn did the 23 and me thing and she and we're you know she's my aunt so we're so close related and close. it is 99 percent fucking british isles <laughs> so even the german we got was you know a sliver so um i just find it i, I love i love cultures like that's why i'm not i actually got into a discussion with a guy and he was a really cool guy and we were talking about how the melting pot is not it's not a bad idea, but it's not totally good either. There's no such thing as a totally good or totally bad idea. Well, with a few rare exceptions, the Holocaust being one of those. Totally um, good. It's, <laughs> yeah. You said it. Um, no, it's that when you're if you're gonna have a melting pot, you're gonna lose languages cultures ways of thinking even phys- you know different physical features all those things are gonna be changed. I don't think that you know, I, I India people from India have a thing where they want to retain their cultural and and genetic um, individuality. By the way, they just crossed. They just uh, um, the population of India just crossed a billion. It, well, it crossed. It's more than China now. So India is the most populous. Jesus H. Christ! Nation. That happened this weekend. At, the and that's on estimated. the subcontinent. Yeah. So it used to you know, for it's a fraction forever, the size of China. Forever, China was the largest mm-hmm. population. Now India is technically. But they they have one of the world's most ancient cultures, and it's a culture from which we descend. Like as a matter of fact, Celtic culture in 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 particular has so many common words with India that it's unreal. If you look that up, it's fucking crazy hmm. to think that Celtic culture and people from India are closely linked. The Brahmins class are the same as the Druids. They have almost an identical role in society, and they actually share god names down to a few different letters it's nuts and it's interesting it's so such an interesting subject um but again they're big ones for wanting to retain who they are and i don't see the problem with that if you want to retain a culture or even a a, a genetic um i don't want to say racial thing because then it makes it very controversial but if you want to retain who you are as long as you're not doing it for supremacy I don't see. I don't think people should have a problem with it. Native Americans want to do it. Good for them. They would like to get their numbers back up and retain who they are, and even and and repopulate. Good for them. You know, so there, would there be a lot of like traditional Indian families who would 
who would frown upon like their son or daughter marrying a European absolutely because of absolutely they want to retain their absolutely is a thing they do not like that don't even like people from other religions even if they are even if they're related like Pakistan Pakistanis are Muslim. Muslims and Hindus do not get along. Now that's a ridiculous reason not to want to enter. Maybe it's not though, because religion is culture. So I can say it's ridiculous because I, how I feel about religion, which I think it's all fucking snake oil game. But um, at the same time, it's like, well, that's. But so many beautiful things do come out of religion. A lot of songs, a lot of language things, you know, come out of religion. All those different, a lot of beautiful um, um, practices come out of it. So. You know, it's a very touchy subject because it's been used so much as a truncheon for people to try to stay, uh, establish supremacy. You know, you had white supremacy, you have black supremacy, you have all these things, and they're all a bunch of jagoffs who cannot even admit that it's okay to be who you are. You know, they don't even want to admit that it's okay for another group of people to be who they are. They just want supremacy over them. Um, so, remember the book that calls controversy. Decades ago, I think it was called the Bell Curve. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and it was talking. It was talking about the differences in races and stuff, but it all it, it was focusing more on intelligence. Yeah, it's a really shit book. But I, I, I mean, there's, I've heard it wasn't real actual. <laughs> it's propagandized. <science>. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that guy he, Sam Harris interviewed him before because mm-hmm. Sam Harris thought he was misunderstood, and he was a real racist. <laughs> well, no, he just he read the data. In a way that a lot of other people wouldn't read the data, and there's mm-hmm. not just one way to read the data. Sure, like he didn't factor in um, cultural things, cultural things, mm-hmm. uh, disadvantages monetary, monetary sure. monetarily. Yeah. That some like if you live in a shitty neighborhood, chances are you're going to a shitty school. Sure, shit like that. Right, and there's different. Types of fucking intelligence, you know, like. Well, of course. I mean, and that's one thing I've always acknowledged in, in intelligence is like, uh, there's a guy working at the plant. This dude is, there's no other way to put it, a genius. He can do anything. He's mechanically, if you give him five minutes, he'll figure out. And he'll, and that to me is every bit as valuable as somebody who's a PhD. Yeah. As a matter of fact, more because he can operate in the real world and do things that actually, and, and in our society, he's still to this day, it's frowned upon. People like that are not considered the equal of people who have a PhD. Why? There's, that's, that's fucking absurd. There's I a mean, guy I used to work with at the welding shops that couldn't tie his shoes. Right. Dumb as a brick, but with a torch or a welder in his hand, that man was an artist. Sure. An absolute artist. And I'm not saying that this guy that, that I work with is dumb. He isn't. He's extremely intelligent. But I'm saying, but he's not a, a, a PhD type guy. It's not book smart. This well, guy's nickname was he, he would be if he tried, to be. but he's definitely inclined to do those things that he does that I, it's almost like magic to me. I'm like, how the fuck do you know how to do that? He's like, I just know. I'm like, it's amazing. You like, know? It, like he's not, I mean, he's not taking anything, but it's like he took a limitless pill and already, well, in a sense, yes. It's, it's like nuts. when, Char- on uh, always sunny, when Charlie just sits down at the piano, Oh, I've never played one of these before. And yeah, he's just, just really good. Through well, how do you do that? It, this just makes sense to me. Right. <laughs> he's just automatically good. Right. And Charlie is dumb. Yeah. Know, Charlie's an idiot. <laughs> But his, but we only consider him dumb because he, the way he, and, and, and it's like people who have autism, they're able to do higher math in those things because their brains operate on a different, <laughs> are you autistic? People, some people think I am. <laughs> Dutch thinks I am and my, well, not, my not, cousin. I've, not really. I've never like, been diagnosed. Everybody's with. on the spectrum. Yeah. There is a spectrum. The spectrum. There's, it's. 
My brother, Bradley's on the spectrum. I'd say um, I have a little bit, not, um, I guess like social anxiety can be considered on this, on, on the spectrum too. Mm-hmm. Um, I hyper focus on some things, things that I probably shouldn't hyper focus on. Right. Um, uh, like when we're playing disc golf in tournament rounds that count, like I get nervous sometimes and he doesn't. But he gets nervous when we're ordering at the restaurant afterwards. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of... Aaron gets nervous crossing bridges. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, That that face, like you were talking about, like, differences. And it's more than just... Like, physical differences and stuff. But what fascinates me is, like personality differences in people and mm-hmm. like like the the Myers Briggs personality type indicators and right. all, like the different that's fascinating to me how, how how different people can be I think it was int J or whatever that is I think yeah. I was somewhere yeah. in that area too I, I'm yeah I N T J I think I am I'm INTP now. I have I've took changed, it one time I've and changed, I just right. I took it like uh, fifteen years ago and I was I changed one letter. Sure. <laughs> from what I am now. Or well, something. because people are constantly evolving. If you're doing something right, then you're gonna be constantly evolving. Like, you know, I can only speak about about myself. If you listen to the early parts of this podcast with me in it, mm-hmm. and now I'm a completely different human being. You're welcome, America. Well, you're welcome to me. Shit, I mean, it was my existence was a fuck was misery. Was but there were chemical reasons behind that. Like my thyroid was fucked up. My testosterone levels. You weren't up. too far from. Um, it was just a few years after you gotten off the sauce, so you were still dealing with that, right? And also just uh, separation things from my daughter and you know things like that. That things that make one of the biggest rants I went on was after I went and saw her, and I was just absolutely. Beside myself with rage because, and it wasn't anything to do with even the subject I was discussing. The fact that I missed my daughter, you know, and it just made me get mad about everything. And I flipped the fuck out. You were also dealing with latent homosexuality then. I mean, I guess it became, (laughs) it becomes manifest at points. It manifests, yes. Um, I don't remember what my Myers Briggs thing was. I think I'm an introverted extrovert. Because I have no problem, um, like whenever I would play a gig or something, that does not bother me slightly unless I haven't prepared for it. Right. Like if somebody calls me today and asks me to play tonight, I'm like, mm, I could probably get 10 songs out. Right. Um, but I'd I, like to have a week to prepare and right. make sure I know all my lyrics and right. shit. I might get a little nervous there. But <clears throat> like um, when I'm playing disc golf or something and I'm with – four people three other people that i've never met before i get a little nervous with that sure um uh, i don't like talking to authority figures mostly just because i don't like them because i don't feel <laughs> yeah, as though they your, have, your issue with cops is pretty profound i, I don't feel as though they've earned <laughs> any right to have any authority over me well, yeah i mean i agree um but there's so many things that can change your brain that, that can be even taken down to down to physicality. Like since I've been doing the boxing thing and I f- have found out that I can knock most people out if I hit them, it's changed me completely. I'm calmer. I'm kinder. Just He's going around kicking sand. It's part, it's part of that just like getting, letting your aggression out to put it It's simple. partly that, but it's partly – tell you what the tipping point was. Well, and it's knowing that if something goes down, you're at least equipped. It gives to you confidence. Right. Yeah. Against most people. The most but, calm people you've ever met are people that could kill you with their bare hands. They would just never dream to do it. Right. It's like this. The, the turning point for me was learning how and all that stuff. The turning point was um, they had that uh, speed bag set, but golly. And I walked by and threw a left hook and broke it. 
and that was broke this broke the screw down or broke the fucking particle board and i was just like man if that hit a person that would be extremely damaging and after that i felt a calm settle over me like because for me social situations were always backed with that i knew i was strong and i lifted weights to be strong but that was partly out of fear because of things i don't want to discuss so but once that has receded and i know that i can go into in a social situation and deal with it's bullies. I don't like bullies. So, you know, deal with a bully and be like, go fuck yourself. And if you want to do something, I'm here and you're going to know. And even if I don't win, you're going to wish you hadn't done it, you know? So, um, that's a, a great feeling. It's a very calming feeling. It's like Jordan Peterson said, I've had, I said this quote before, but it, it's, it, it behooves me to say it again. Um, Kind men who are weak are not kind. They're weak. Kind men who are who can kill you are actually kind. So you need to be a monster. Essentially, yes. That speech. We, it, the whole uh, like the uh, example I brought up about Japan, feudal Japan. The reason their culture was so painfully polite is everybody is armed and they can all fight. And and you and if you insult somebody, you have it's time to go. And one of you one of you is going to go. So. Um, that created this this air of tension, but also peace, because people were afraid to step a toe out of line and fuck with any of these people. You know, a common person, everybody had a sword. You know, well, most people, but even the farmers and stuff like that could use their farm implements. That's one of the reasons a lot of the weapons we have to this day are farm like sides and stuff like that, or farm implements. And they and they they use these things to kill others who, you know, could hurt them. Do you think that's why it's People are so nice here. Yes, I think that's part of it. I mean, there there are the stragglers, the people that get involved with drugs and do fucked up shit. But for the most part, most people aren't causing too much trouble. No, no, West Virginia, Appalachia, even in general. But that's partly uh, we we've um, we've had this discussion, uh, and this uh, ties back to our earlier discussion. I've read what the social interactions are like are in Ireland and Scotland. They are almost exactly like they are in Appalachia saying hi to a perfect stranger, uh, striking a conversation with a perfect stranger and being polite and having a nice day with them. All those things. Those are Celtic ideals and they're, and they're, and they, and they were brought here. If you go to places in the North that are not populated so much by Appalachian style people, the Ulster mm-hmm. Irish, they are different. They are colder. They are, they are less polite. All those things. I believe they, they carry those things with them as well. Uh, one interesting thing, the, I think that's in general, in general true. Um, the kindest city I've ever been in where like just strangers were, you, you were, I was struck by like how strangers would go out of their way to say hi or hold mm-hmm. was New Orleans. When I spent a couple sure. weeks in New Orleans, right? Um, I don't know what 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 what's your take on that. Like, well, they're going to have a lot of. Uh, there's a large uh, African American population there yeah. who are just kinder people. Yeah, nothing um, about the Frenchness of it. Um, the French are well. The French are Gallic, and the French are are related to the Celts. I mean, the the Gauls, who the Romans dealt with, who are in France to this day, are Celtic peoples. So they're going to carry some of those. Uh, genetic markers as well that's going to influence some of their behaviors um i think that uh the heat it's too hot to get into get into a flight it is, it is i think so that's human. a real factor it is, you know? it's the most humid place ever absolutely so people don't have the energy to get involved in shit. <laughs> so um and, and these are all hot. superficial things but i think they all superficial things can add up to something that's actually profound the rudest place i've ever been is michigan they're extremely rude um the 
the Anglo people are are rude. The black population I met there are the nicest, most polite, awesome people. I've told this story before. Annie, I, I was taking her in there to get prom stuff. I don't, I know Dick about that, you know, about lipstick and rouge and all that stuff. And these two nice older black ladies saw a struggle with and came over and helped Annie pick her stuff out. And they were the sweetest, nicest people I've ever met. It was awesome. It's it a truly, I cried like a little bit after that experience because it's so friendly of people. But then the person checking us out was a, a, a white lady who was just an absolute see you next Tuesday. I mean, she was just, <laughs> that means cunt. She was just oh. the fucking worst. And I'm not saying they're all like that up there. There are genuinely good people. I, and some of them I've met here, like, uh, a couple I work with are great people, you know, but they are definitely outliers. And I, it's, it's actually a more, I don't know if it's pronounced more in Ohio or in Michigan because in Ohio, they're pretty bad too. Again, there were people who I met who were genuinely good people, but by and large, they were just colder and they were not willing to help each other. And that might not have to do with economics as well. They're both extremely well, you know, at least until recent years, uh, did well f- financial places, you know, and poverty breeds kindness. Why? Because you're all in it together. Hmm. You know, you know what it feels to to not have something. So when you see somebody not having it, it's going to necessarily create empathy. So you know what show I bet you'd like? What? It was on the air HBO between like 2007, maybe 2008 and 2010 or 11, somewhere in there. It's Treme. It's called Treme. It's about post Katrina. Post Katrina. I've heard of that. In- yeah. I thought it was Treem. <laughs> it's Treme. Yeah. It's about like a, what do they call their little towns down there? Um, wards. A wards, yeah. yeah. It's like the Treme ward of uh, New Orleans. Right. And how after Katrina, everything's getting fucked and they're selling some and all this stuff. And it's just how the people there dealt with it, the Indian parade and mm-hmm. all that shit, how the, the culture's crazy. Like they dress up <clears throat> during the parade in like um, – Outlandish Native American garb, mm-hmm. and they, are they Native American? Well, no, they're no, black people, they're, okay. and they're walking down. I'm the big chief, right? Uh, saying shit like that, and the fucking the fucking um, <clears throat> the parades for funerals, mm-hmm. the funeral parades. I guess what the second line, right? Oh, Those I, are I, so cool. I, I, I saw one the I saw one one day. Um, I wasn't there on vacation or anything. Um, my at the time, my girlfriend's dad was in the hospital in New Orleans, but we did. We went one day. We went to the French Quarter, and we I did get to witness an actual funeral parade, and it was something else. Pull up a, <laughs> there, see there. The the I was I was watching something about the uh, when Katrina hit, and the sheer just fucking dropping the ball dealing with with those with, you know these. It's true, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says, and I'm not one of those people that takes everything down to racism. But had it been in New England, it wouldn't have fucking happened that way. It just wouldn't. I mean, they were they're considered less. So when you have a White House that had an inherent bit of racism, they're just less, and we don't have to worry about them. Um, That's essentially what Hannibal, how, Hannibal Burris, comedian, he uh, talked about how you can just the day before you want to do it, schedule a second line. And they're like, okay. And then you just tell him you're out. You want to go to? And he he said he scheduled one and did one and said it was the best time of his life. But I have a video pulled up of a second line right now. Second line. That's the name of the parades. Like this is just the streets. Listen, how much music. fun is this? Listen to that music. They're just better than us. Um, Everybody can play something down there well, too. Yeah, the, that's the thing. Everybody plays. There's a, a big horn. music the, culture. The French, the French Quarter is 
I, I saw this shit. I so much just like street artists, mm-hmm. like just busking and stuff, and mm-hmm. all these different musical styles. And also, though, you have to understand that uh, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the African American culture there from there is uh, they still have a lot of. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff that came over with him that, that stayed with them from Africa. Voodoo being one of those things. Yeah. Voodoo is an African thing, but it's tied in with Christianity. It's extremely strange, strange religion. Was. And it's actually not a religion. It's a system of belief. So, But it, it's it's held over from these... Uh, as a matter of fact, American Gods has one of the most fucking amazing ways to explain these different cultures and, and religions there. And this is the Indian Parade. And... And they do uh, contests to see who has the best costume. That's fucking amazing. Look how colorful. I would have so much fun. They always talk about how pretty they are. Yeah. Like they're costumes. They're peacocking. I'm the big chief. I do believe, too, that... Um, when it comes to culture, there are cultures that are more joyous. I believe there are cultures that are... I don't know why that happens, but it happens. Like, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe... Um, well, I'm trying to think of a non-joyous culture. The Germans don't have a very joyous culture. No. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I'm, And that's part of my ethnic heritage. They did bring us barbecue. Well, they also brought us... War, you know, you talk, uh, you talk about a group of people who are the best at war. That's them, um, <clears throat> but also that's going to create some atmospheres. So, so silliness is not, you know, and and silliness means that you're afraid to look silly. You know, cultures that are afraid to look silly are the most fun, and there and uh, Appalachian culture is a, again Celtic culture. Our culture is joyous, you know. Not as joyous as others, but still with a lot of joy. The music, you know, the, the dancing, you know, there's a lot of reels, a lot of stuff that brought over from Ireland. Everything's you about know, getting hammered. And, yeah, a lot. Um, hammered and fighting. Japanese culture is not joyous. It's. Um, I've never seen a Japanese person smile. There's, there's, a, high, as again, there's again, a high suicide rate there, Well, too. it's such a, it's a lot of pressure living there. Yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> The, what's crazy is the Japanese today were not the Japanese before. Like the feudal Japanese during the time of the samurai, completely different culture. It took us dropping two nuclear bombs on them to emasculate an entire culture. To get them to, get them to lighten up a bit? Well, to get them to understand that... Stop taking yourself so seriously. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just the, the fact that uh, making them look in the abyss and be like, you know... You can keep fighting and being this and being hard asses, but this is what it's going to cost you. And it would have it would have affected. Now let's put it this way, though. That's not because of who they are. It's because of what happened to them. Had that happened here, imagine two nuclear bombs. Let's just pick. Let's pick Cleveland and let's pick uh, another non-major city. Atlanta, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Imagine two nuclear bombs dropped there. Just take out the entire AFC. It would completely. It would completely change (laughs) the culture in those areas. And they would probably be, um, I don't know what it would do here. Because it also, the culture that went into it is going to influence the culture that comes out of it. So who knows what would have happened? You know, maybe more fatalistic, maybe, you know, I don't know. That's a very interesting question. Um, you should write historical fiction so you, about it. So there was a big culture shift after the bomb? Absolutely. They became friendlier. They became almost, 
but they carried a lot of those stereotypical Japanese things with them. The insane work ethic, the the want to improve and fucking and perfect everything. The reason they make such good baseball players is, yeah, they they have athleticism. Every group has athleticism, but their sheer work ethic to learn how to do something just makes them better baseball players. You know, it's it's the whole thing, uh, nature versus nurture. Sometimes the nurture, where the culture makes you do something, is going to create some truly remarkable things. That's why um, so many uh, pro sports, you know, it's a cultural thing. So many people uh, come out of it out of poverty because they have no choice, and therefore they're going to pour all it's their, their meal ticket. Exactly, it's going to report, but it's also the thing that gives them joy. And after a while, it becomes a cultural thing because you see somebody like you that does that. And, and it's happened to every group. Like around, we talked around turn of the last century, there were great Irish fighters, Jewish fighters. They were coming out of ghettos and they were fucking nasty because they had to be. They had no other way. And still this day, the bare knuckle fucking uh, pikey fighters are terrifying. They can fight anybody and it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I'd put them up against a Polynesian. I really would because they, because they are just. They don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter the gifts they're given. It matters the grit. Sometimes it's just, it's like the best example I can come up with is, is the Wolverine. This animal that is smaller than everything else it faces, but they're all on their heels against them because it's just, it'll come right at you and not give a fuck. So there's great. A, a lemming. Well, those two, but <laughs> the great videos, there's a great video of, of two wolves trying to kill a Wolverine and it just fucking runs them both off. And they're like, fuck this. And they just turn around and walk away. They chase off bears. They chase off, you know, nobody wants to fuck with them. And they could kill them if they got a hold of them, but you're not going to get a hold of them. Hmm. And even if you do, it's going to fucking cost you. So, I, I mean, I love that. It's, it's the it's the quote. It's not the size of the fight, the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight and the dog. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Here's a lemming. Lemmings are very territorial, and they will... They will protect their territory with their lives. They will, Look at that. They will scream at you until they die. Very strange. Like he wants to kill this cat, but this cat attacked by a and that cat doesn't know what to do with it. But hold on, shouldn't that be the other way round? <laughs> I've seen a mole. Lemmings. Like Moles are like that as well. Have a reputation Sorry. for being timid. They're so little creatures. Owls rule. So most lemmings. I love owls. They're extremely interesting creatures. Everything. So just what was going on here? Why was this lemming behaving so out of character? Catch it. Weirdly, zoologist That's, Compton yeah. doesn't think it's acting out of character at all. <laughs> wow, that is. Very, very. Brilliant. Anyway, but they um, <clears throat> there's people say that lemmings will defend their uh, territory and bark or whatever they do <laughs> at you until their hearts just explode. Sure, because <laughs> they're so territorial. Um, I, I love w watching videos. You know, of being a big fan of the you know, I, I do consider the wolverine my spirit animal. I know, but it's blah blah blah. But it's true. Um. Seeing them though run against, uh, run up against something that is just as ferocious as they are and even smaller is funny because they don't know how to deal with that. 
Like, oh, they're used to being in the other. They're used to being the aggressor. Other situation. And they're used to being smaller. So when they run into something that's smaller, but also just as ferocious, they don't know what to do with it. Mm. Like I've seen a video on camera, uh, uh, an on camera thing of a Wolverine versus a badger. And that badger is fucking going to town and not backing down. And that Wolverine's like back on its heels. It doesn't know what to do. It's like, this should be the other way around. Now they do get some dip blows in against each other, but the Wolverine, I mean, eventually just the badger's got his back up into a, like a, like a, a hollow and he's just like just lashing out at him he can't get at him so the wolverine just says fuck this and turns and walks away you know had the terrain been different he probably would have killed the badger but the badger was not going to chicken out he was going to sit there and fight you know i love those creatures i'm a big fan of all the weasels because they're all like that the weasels the the, <laughs> the in the uh i think it's the genus are called the mustelids what Gen, genus mustelade is mongoose a weasel is yes mongoose? Um, they split off badger? earlier, huh? Honey badgers, those are weasels? Yes. Um, that's actually an interesting debate, whether a, a honey badger versus wolverine. Wolverine is larger, um, got more powerful jaws, but their ferocity is neck and neck. You don't know which one. They, they say that the honey badger doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that fucking pistachio can run. Watch out, says that bird. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to crack it. <laughs> Let's do favorite things, shall we? Yeah. We gotta discuss Game of Thrones, man. You're you, you're getting. Into I'm some, moving right along, baby. Yeah. I think we're gonna get a Game of Thrones book in the next year. I think so too. I think he's he's real close. Did you? Read we're his, not gonna see a Dream of Spring. Did you he's read his blog? Yeah, he's got so much shit on his plate now. He's, he's got to do two, th- at least two more Dunkin' eggs, Dunkin eggs yeah. and then might as well throw in the Dornish ones. Did I did I hear HBO is in production for the Dunkin' Eggs? They are. Yes. They are indeed. If there's one thing you want to watch, Talk to the Hedge Knight. Yes, yes. Uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms. The first season will be called The Hedge Knight. If there's one thing you want to watch, it'll be that because it's going to be a little bit more light and fluffy as compared it's to the rest beautiful. of the game. Of there's I, so much fun. I need to finish the book. You, I mean, through. I love those. I mean, I, I want it back because I want to read it again. Yeah. I don't, I'm not asking for it back, but I'm saying I'd like. You yeah, know, it um, is such lighter fare than the other things. Like I said, it's reading. it's very much merry old England. Yeah, during Arthurian times, you know, but after. Well, no, during the during the great brightly lit Arthurian times before Arthur got sick, before basically before Mallory's Lamort to Arthur, when you had uh, Mordred and all that shit, when England was just you know this place with really cold winters, and you know during that time uh, mm-hmm. they were in a mini ice age, so yeah. uh, winters got really brutal in England, which they don't get anymore. But um, the thing I like the best about it is it's lighter fare, it's a more fun story, it's mm-hmm. about a it's a buddy cop. Thing is. going on, but he weaves in extremely important things that have something to do with something that happens a hundred years later. Well, <laughs> you were like you were. We were talking about one of my favorite things is the fossilways. You have two branches of the fossilway family: the green apples and the red apples, and that happened because of one event. Mm-hmm. They were going to fight, and the older cousin. Uh, who was a better fighter was going to fight for Dunk, and then he turned around and fucking betrayed him to fight. And, so, and then he so had a cousin squire. who had a, who had a who had a green apple in his because he said he wasn't ripe yet. His cousin used to fuck with him. He said, "I thought I'd make a joke of it." So, and so that split and he the was family. he wasn't a knight yet. He was a squire. So Dunk uh, on the spot knighted him so he could fight in the thing. Exactly. That's so, so awesome. So when, awesome he, when he sprinkles in references in Dunkin' Egg for the main. Uh, Fire and Ice series. They're not just passing random references. They have kind of it kind of explains something. Yeah. Well, that, also it's it's they're thrown in there, and you like it has nothing to do 
with what's happening in the story of Dunkin' Egg. It has everything to do Big implications. It's just like a, it's randomly mentioned it, here. But it's just, it's not just a passing reference. Like it, it kind of explains something. Yeah, if you've read the rest of it, like if let's say you read Dunkin' Egg and you, you see this passage, and then you decide to read all of those that I have over there, yeah. you'd be like, oh, that motherfucker mentioned that <laughs> in that. And he is so masterful at weaving things in that it, it, I wouldn't say, okay, I think a better description, if I might say, is that it, there are things of major consequence, but it's ripples in a pond. It starts out as something small and spreads. Like, um, in as much as um, families, like the families become something because of an event. Um, and you get to see how the families, some of them don't change. Like the Baratheons have never changed. No. They've been the same since the beginning, and they're going to be the same to the end. Just big, hulking brutes who love the fight, and they're just better at it than everybody else. Um, by the way, I read something in that thing. You know who they're based on? Conan the Barbarian. Breath, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, completely makes sense. Black hair, blue eyes. Uh, they're manic depressive. Drunks, except for Stannis. Absolutely. Um, and I love that. I mean, I actually didn't. I, I knew that it was based somewhat on King um, King Richard the Lionheart as well. But I didn't spot that one until, he, until it was pointed out to me. Like, oh, I can't believe I didn't see that. But anyway. Um, favorite things. Discussing Game of Thrones. I mean, discussing all these things. Um, the fact that um, I wrote on that thing I sent you about House Farwind, I wrote something underneath it, uh, and uh, it's gotten like probably almost sixty likes by now, and it was just describing um, a, a passage that actually was going on to, and I actually wrote a little bit of it on the bottom of it, where the the people from House Farwind are from the Iron Islands, and they're over way far on the west, and um. They can warg into seals and sea lions. Warging and, is whenever you and, take over another creature's body and, and orcas. But that was but that was going to say because it got me thinking. It's like okay, you can warg into those things, and they talk about how difficult it is for some. Like uh, cats are extremely difficult because they're arrogant and and cruel, and you have to, and controlling them is really hard. A dog is like slipping on a boot. There's <laughs> There, it's almost a, a good feeling because the dog is so patterned with us. A wolf is a little bit more difficult because they're more independent, but it doesn't become difficult after a while. A bear is difficult because they're just so stubborn and they're plotters. They, you know, they just keep going. Um, I was thinking, how would it be to warg into a humpback whale or a sperm mm. whale or a fucking or a squid or a blue whale? Squids would not be possible because it's too far away from human intelligence. Oh, so um, that's just my opinion, but I believe that would be. A good story point to make. Yeah. I would say have the character saying, hmm. um, "A man cannot warg into uh, a kraken because the kraken is something that's completely alien to man." Maybe a word that's not alien because they wouldn't have the word alien. They don't know what it means. Um, but I said, um, I actually wrote a passage where Arya is sitting down talking to this guy, and his name's uh, Tom and Thar. Because he's from the far wind, of course, they're going to have bastard and lesser houses. So he's from one of the fars who are not far winds, but they're related to him. Mm-hmm. So, and then they're sitting down discussing, and he's saying that uh, I can actually read some of it to you. I was actually quite proud of it. Write it, read it, fuck it. Let's see if I got any more. Nobody has uh, put any more thumbs up on it. I'm kind of disappointed in that. I've only got one on it. So, no, actually, there's a. There's three thumbs up on you it. You got to so. chill out with these, with these hoping for likes, bro. What, well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying I don't platform, hope for likes. I'm just saying it's. What platform is this on Facebook? It's on. Uh, it's on. Uh, I've actually got 63 likes on the original thought. Here's the original thought. 
I wanted to write a fanfic chapter where Arya, on a trip to Planetos Virgin in North America, takes on a Farwin captain who has been there. He can ward, warg into orcas, dolphins, and seals and sea lions, but he explains that warging with a blue whale, insert cool Westeros name here, can drive a man mad. Their age and sheer power can make them forever after a liability because the madness caused by the pairing makes them want to dive into the sea and swim into the dark depths. Um, as a matter of fact, the guy that she's talking to, that he's done that, and, and it influences how he reacts to her. So... Um, actually, so a guy underneath it said, "Put dude, that's sick. You should write it." And then he said, "I've got because then I told him about my idea for the North American landmass, and I said uh, it's populated with great beasts like those of the Ice Age, Neanderthal beings whose entire existence revolves around warging into said beasts, and other humans who ply a massive freshwater inland sea, kind of like the Great Lakes, but combined into one that is teeming with freshwater dolphins, whales, sharks, and great cephalopods." Basically, a sea that contains more water than all the great lakes combined and deeper than Lake Baikal. If you know where Lake Baikal is, it's in Russia. It has freshwater seals, which is Hmm. amazing to me. Um, Because if they get cut off, they have to evolve. So uh, a giant, massive inland sea with freshwater sharks and whales. How amazing would that be? It'd be so fucking cool to play in that sandbox to see what you could come up with. So Russia has the largest uh, freshwater... The deepest. It's not quite the largest because the Great Lakes are the greatest. Uh, they're them combined, combined. are the are the are the most uh, water of any inland sea. Um, and here's this sample chapter, and this is a guy talking. A man can work into the lesser creatures of the sea, seals, and even sea lions, excepting the great savage ones that bash themselves to death when battling over mates, are almost like dogs. I'm talking about elephant seals. They barely fight the touch. It changes a man not at all to slip into their skin and can even help a man who feels lonely or sad. A man can work into a dolphin or porpoise again without much difficulty, but a man shouldn't bother. A man can become silly and impertinent, even capricious and cruel, slipping into the skins of such. Dolphins are actually assholes. People won't realize that. Um, the first thing Arya had noticed about Tom and Far and what stayed with her was his eyes. He was thoroughly unremarkable otherwise. Uh, the tallish without being truly tall, neither portly nor spare nor muscular nor rangy. His hair was of a color with hers, perhaps a bit darker, but lank, lank but healthy. His clean-shaven, weathered face was not comely, but not, not bad to look upon either. Far's eyes, though, were mesmerizing. A pale gray that reminded her forcibly of Roose Bolton's without the absent mind of cruelty. They held the gaze a touch too long, but always drifted back to the sea. The gray almost seemed to deepen when he gazed at the sea, lapping at the quay, as demeanor became easier. He longed for the sea, and Arya could not help, but share, not help sharing the longing. They sat in two rickety chairs on the quay, and the day was pleasant. That's a dock, if you don't not familiar with the terminology. A strong wind would whip in for the sea on occasion, and the spray it carried felt nice. Arya, smi- Arya smiled when it did. She loved the sea. It's an interesting subject, Tom and Far, but you still haven't answered my question. The gray gaze returned to hers, a touch of impatience flicking there. Lady Stark, Arya. Sansa is Lady Stark and Mistress of the North, and more than welcome to it. Far nodded. Arya. The reason I know of the Far West Shores is because of the touch. If you will let me finish... And hear it. Arya nodded, and he continued. Mm, it's pretty good. It's not like bad. It. Um, it's definitely not George R. R. Martin. I He's, love the idea of <clears throat> warging into random sea creatures. And the term is warging? Warg. Warg. W-A-R-G. Okay. Um, he had warged into a humpback whale, and it almost cost him his sanity. So he was getting ready to tell that part of it. And he said when he did, he saw these other places through its consciousness. He saw this 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 great land because they like to be around. They like the open ocean, but they'll go around places, you know, around land because it's just easier to find food. So, um, and he's talking about that, and then uh, they got like becalmed, 
you know, the, the, the sails couldn't pick up any wind. So he warged into a sperm whale and it drug him over to that, to, to the, to the coast. And they, a very s- small part of it, but he had been there and then he had come back. A lot of people thought the tale was bullshit because for one thing, warging into a sperm whale and humpback whale, you would have to be so strong. That would be unreal. That's, you know? that's kind of interesting. Like, I, I, uh, I listened to, uh, Astrophysicist Brian Carroll has a mm-hmm. Mindscape. Mm-hmm. He calls it Mindscape podcast. And there was a there was one podcast where he had a biologist talking about how different animals perceive the world differently and how that changes their reality. And mm-hmm. talking about like yeah, some animals see like uh, ultraviolet uh, or infrared light that we can't. Right. But just how like some animals have different eyes and. Um, you know, like even like a duck can see like behind its head. Yeah. Yeah. And like how that just changes how it, you know, reacts with the world and everything. So that's kind of, it's kind of tying into Mm -hmm. that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. The, the guy, he, the reason his eyes keep returning to the sea is he's fighting that the entire time. It cost him. It cost him for the rest of his life. And that's the reason he can tell the tale and say those things. So, and like something you were mentioning, like how some creatures, some animals were just, so much, so much different, so much, mm. so alien that you know. It- birds, birds are tough to warg into, but not just because eagles, birds of prey, especially because they're so cruel and they're so you know such a savage creature, really. But also, one of the things that they get into in the book, and they and they mention that is, um, I think Vermeer Sixkins, his chapter one, to discuss this, is that men who warg into birds, they constantly look at the sky because they'd rather be flying. So I thought, well, think about warging into a sperm whale, which can dive into the depths of the ocean and how, you know, for them, that's a natural thing to do. For us, that's terrifying because that'll go into another favorite thing. I'm talking about these videos of thalassophobia. If you've ever watched some of those, they're fucking horrifying because all the things that live in the ocean Um, and thinking about a giant sperm whale. Hunting a fucking giant squid is one of the most terrifying things I can think of. Sorry, what 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 was that phobia you mentioned? What's Thalassophobia. It, and what's it mean? It means fear of of deep water and things that, but and more, and, but somewhat too things underneath you in the water. And we've humans only like discover a small fraction of species of exactly. We don't know what's in ocean there. life. So there is something very possible that could eat you in one gulp. There are things in the ocean that eat you in one gulp, but. Um, but also things that would just slowly eat you and rip you apart. Squids. A, a colossal squid can eat you and would. I mean, you are no more than that thing to than another warm body can rip apart and eat. I mean, it doesn't matter that you're a man. They don't they don't know that. Um, we are lucky that we live in an age when whales apparently uh, seemingly have taken to man and like them most of the time. Orcas Killer whales do not attack human beings. That does not happen unless they're in captivity and they're going crazy. It's for revenge. Tilikum. Then you have, I don't think it's from revenge. I think it's just they're psychotic. They don't know how to deal with. Yeah. But there might be some of that because if they they mistreated the animal, then they know they're being mistreated. Do you ever hear the uh, story of like a scientist working at like a sea labs, whatever? He had an octopus in a tank. And he'd feed the octopus every night. He let's say he fed him tuna, mm. fresh tuna even, and he'd go work on his computer before he went home. He said one night he went and fed the octopus. Goes back to work on his computer, and he hears a rustling behind him. He doesn't really think anything of it. 
the squid climbed out or the octopus climbed out of his uh, tank, got down on the floor, drug the tuna over and threw it at him. And then went over and climbed back, back up and, get and the got, cage. got in his tank yeah. because it was uh, slightly spoiled. It, like it was bad. It right. wasn't as good as his normal food. See, they're, the thing about cephalopods is they're terrifying because they have this massive intelligence, and we don't know how intelligent they are because there is a theory they're not even from this planet, yeah. and that's actually theory. You know, pardon the pun, holds some water. They're hey. un, they're unlike anything. They're unlike anything else. Hold on a second. I got to give you something for that. Say it again. Um, <laughs> It sounds like a pun, but they hold water. Well, and like, Let's try one more. They're, they're, <laughs> and it sounds like a pun, but they really hold water. And, and their brain <laughs> is in their arms. Yeah, it's, it's like it's it's like a system. It's not just in one like one mass in their head or anything. Right. Um, I'm going to show you some. I mean, I loved writing that because even with that little bit. This thing I've described before, the flow kicks in, and it's I'm just reporting. I'm not. Writing it, I'm just writing down what they're saying mm-hmm. because it has now taken on a life of its own. That would be a good story if I could write it down long form. Uh, but uh, fan fiction, I don't know if I'm really into that because it's in a, in a way it's pathetic. You know, it's war warging. Is that hey, yes? Is that is that just the term in the, the well? Warg is George a R. is a Martin creature universe. from Tolkien. A warg oh, okay. is a um, is a giant wolf like beast. Oh, they okay. they altered it for Game of Thrones, and he does that lots of times. He'll take things from that's actually that article I'd like to get into about all the things from all the fantasy and books that he likes that he throws into Game of Thrones. It, it's just some of them I picked out. I'm really proud of myself. Uh, Robert Jordan things I picked out. Um, House Jordan is actually for Robert Jordan because he he wrote The Wheel of Time, which is a uh, a contemporary fantasy with his that was released right alongside his Ted Williams who. Uh, is more more responsible than anyone for him writing those books. He has got so much stuff from Tad Williams in his books. Like the fact they have giant dire wolves. There's a giant wolf in Tad Williams that is troll rides, Kentaka. And it's this great giant white wolf. It's fucking amazing. And then uh, one of the houses is has two sons, Joshua and Elias. And those are both characters from uh, the Dragonbone Chair and Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. Uh, as a matter of fact, that house that's based on his stuff, uh, the uh, sigil for their house is Dragonbones from the Dragonbone Chair. I was like, this is fucking amazing. This guy, it's impossible to... Some people who call him a hack have absolutely no what the fuck. They have no fucking call idea. Call George R. R. Martin. Yes. They have no fucking idea what they're talking about because he th- sinks so many things in there that is unfucking real. So um, I love his stuff. But the fact is, I would like to write that, not just to. I, I have no real interest in exploring Arya's character after the books. That's not my character. She's merely the vehicle for to see these things in this continent I would like to create. Getting to the coast where there would be. You know, these giant rivers that like, you know, are coming out and they pilot their way up the river. And it turns out it's it's, it's from this immense inlet, inland sea that they get lost in. And they're like, this is inland. This, And they said, that's seawater. Like they start to, they don't have any water and they've run out of water. And they're like, we're still in the sea. And she reaches, and one of them just out of desperation reaches down and grabs some. He said, that's fresh. That's fresh water. And they start drinking it, you know. And then, but then they see all these huge freshwater beasts these giant sharks and cephalopods and whales and and they're like this is can't be possible these things live in the salt water you know i don't know if they would know that though like 
to them it would probably be just they live in water so they can live in any water. So uh, this is all this is your idea for the fan fiction of the this big freshwater. Yes, it's absolutely my, it's absolutely okay, my creation. Cool. Um, I was wanting to have uh, it be this real hyperborean that's Conan the Barbarian type place with giant ice age beasts. Immense lions, giant tigers, you know, this the short faced bear, and then the people, and then uh, having Neanderthal style people who uh, their whole existence is warging into these creatures and taking control of them to run their lives. They ride mammoths, they, you know, they warg into, into uh, huge lions to help them hunt and fight, and they're called the fierce people by the other, by the more modern human beings. And uh, they would be tribes that would be somewhat like Native Americans, you know. Um, not too much, though, because you don't want to, you know, uh, stereotype. But enough in common that people could pick that out. Like, they, they sound like, you know, Native American types to me. Horsemen, some of them. Some of them would be, have these great nations of log houses, long houses and stuff like that. And then down south, you, had a, you would have a collapsed evil culture that would be like the Aztecs and the Mayans. I created the whole thing because it was created for my world. But I was just like, well, it fits, so... You know, why not and, throw it and in? It's sort of like a North America continent. And South. Like and south. the South of it would be it's such a massive continent, but but it's separated by that inland sea. Like it's it's hard to traverse sometimes. So the cultures grew up independent of each other, but knew of each other's existence. The one in the South would be more like an evil empire that was broken by a, a confederation of the Neanderthal style people with other humans who were freeing people who were enslaved because the, their whole economy would be based on enslavement. You know, like. You know, early America and some of the the Aztecs and Mayans who practiced slavery and human sacrifice. It would be blood magic. It would be all the cool shit. You know, all the dark shit. And but also other human beings. I have a lot of fun just imagining it. I'll sit down and just think about it. like that's so much fun to think about. So writing it would be even that much more fun. Um, have you thought about taking that idea, but moving making it, it into moving my it, own world? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've done it. Like I've actually I wrote. I think I had seventy five pages of. Of uh, I created a place that was like Japan, um, but also had mixed, weaved in Polynesian culture with it because you know Japan Japanese culture actually is somewhat Polynesian culture. They share a lot of similarities, um, and it had gotten far. Like I'd taken it really far. Seventy five more pages, you got yourself a novel. You got a novella anyway. Yeah. So, um, but as I've discussed before, I don't have a problem thinking big. I have a problem thinking small. Yeah, just do 900 pages. Fuck. <laughs> right. Your first step, your first swing. Right. Here's 900 pages. Um, I was I actually found registration the other day and um, want to get it typed. So um, I, that's that's one of my best things I've ever written. Um, so that was a favorite thing. Another favorite thing. Um, see, there wasn't well moving. Having this place where I can, it's it's one room, little apartment in Golly Bridge. We're Airbnb being my Airbnb being my house, so I had to move out. the The bills are obscenely less. You know, it's just it's not even a fraction. It basically, barely a fraction. Um, I love it. I love the fact it's more efficient. I love my home. Don't get me wrong. I love that house down, but sometimes it is just too much. It's not too much. It's too much to take care of in a sense, but it's also too much because it's so much almost opulence. You're just like, Jesus Christ, I have so much comfort shit I can do in this house. I need to get away from that because it's not helping me. I mean, if I got a giant TV sitting down in my face, you think I'm not going to watch it? So, you know, I've got, I got myself a little tiny 32 inch TV and I'll watch something just to help me relax, but I'm not watching anything seriously. 
um, which leads to working out more. Um, so how many how many units is the the Airbnb one one unit? It's or? just one unit. You rent the house, but it's got you know three bedrooms. It's got two full baths. It's got uh, two living rooms. It's got a deck. It's got river access. It's got. I mean, you could charge a grand a night, and somebody will pay it. And mom's going to have to. She's so nice of a person. We're also nice of people that we're just going to have to bite the bullet and throw it out there and say that's what the price is. If you want to rent it for your family, that's what you're going to have to pay. So maybe seven fifty. I don't know. It's uh, you know we'd have to shop around and see what other people are charging. So. I don't know. I don't. I'm not in that market, but <clears throat> it being here. Not really having anything around like within ten minutes, you know what I mean. It's got a national park twenty minutes away. Yeah, but it's. Do you are you aware of how many Airbnbs are, are around here? Yeah, but do you think they're charging a grand a night? Yes, I don't. There's one in There's one in Alloy that's charging a grand a night. No way. There is. Are you serious? Yes. Who the fuck is paying a thousand? If you're bringing a family, to stay in Alloy, and you're and you're an affluent person. That's insane. It is insane. We wouldn't charge that. We wouldn't have in, in good conscience. We couldn't charge it, but I would charge at least five hundred. You know, maybe I don't know. Um, at least. And you think about it, if that's for a week, a thousand for a week, not hmm, a nine. That's not. That's not nearly enough. You're not. Re, you're not recouping your costs that way. Um, but uh, that's. I, I like the fact that I'm. It's much more relaxing. Um, I like the fact that the gym. I'm gonna start walking to the gym because it's just right up on the hill. Um. Well, like this new apartment, if you have less less of your stuff there, it forces you to be more creative, like with your free time. It is. But all my free time is spoken for, boxing and lifting weights. That's it. Reading. I started reading Dune again. That's another favorite thing. I started to get back into Dune. And um, in a sense, I dread it because we have discussed Dune a lot, me and Dutch have, and there are so many disturbing things in Dune. Like the 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 way humanity goes and that is just not fun sometimes like the the people of x the tlilaxu they're just disgusting like they're this future culture they're called face dancers because they can shape change and do all this shit and the women in their culture are not people they're just wombs they're essentially headless and they lay there and they just pump out babies they have no consciousness those, those creep me out so much yeah it's called the axolotl tanks and as mm. and they're and they're hated by everybody else because they have no they feel that morality is an impediment to mankind's ascent or or future. So they, they have no morality. They create anything. What's their what's their goal for mankind then? What's advancement. This? Just blind f- moving forward advancement. Like they do it Prosperity. Sure, would they, would they call it but that? but I don't know if you'd call it that because their existence would be fine. But I can't. I, I'm, happiness, I don't think, is a, is a consideration for them. Like the way they're described, they don't even look human. Like they've they've been they've gone beyond what a human was. Like and all these different cultures, like I, you know, they read about the Sardaukar and the Fremen and all this stuff. They're starting to become something more and less than human. So there are no alien races in Dune. They're referenced a little bit like um, there's things put in place if there was an alien intelligence to try to to invade human space, but nothing has presented itself yet. Um, They think that the worms on Arrakis are an alien life form. They have been able to prove that. Um, The the timeline in the Dune books is 35,000 years. That's in six books. So 
Um, I'm starting to get into that. And I know by the end, it's just so strange that it's hard to, you know, have any empathy for any of the characters. You know, they're, they're unlikable. They're so unlikable. Nobody's likable. No. In, in I the mean, movie, at least the, I haven't read the book, but Paul is likable. Jessica is likable. Johnny, Johnny is likable. And Duncan Idaho is, he's, but he's in the rest of the books. I mean, that's a spoiler alert. He gets brought back by the Tlaxu. They, they create a thing called a Gola, which is a clone of a dead person who retains their memories. And eventually those memories will start to come out. They just did it because they could. They don't, they don't know what's going to happen. They're just curious to see what's going to happen. So um, he comes back and he is a through line from the, until the entire 35,000 year history of the, of this, of the series. And the thing, the crazy thing about it is, is it ends on a cliffhanger. You don't know where it's going. And he died before he could finish the it. The series. Ends yes. It ends in these two people who are defendant descended from Tylaxo, but they look like they're wearing 1950s clothes and they're standing there and they're, they're in a ship going through the galaxy and they're having a conversation and that's it. That's how it ends is one of the most, you know, and no, nobody's picking it up to actually finish. it. Well, either. Brian Herbert, his son and Kevin J. Anderson, who wrote, who wrote two great fantasy books called the waterborne and the black God. Love those two books. They are writing something together and they've written like prequels. They read, they wrote something about uh, the Butler and Jihad, which is where, why they have no in Dune. That's another thing. If you watch the movie and stuff like that, you'll notice a complete lack of thinking machines. There are no cell phones or none of that shit because those are things that can think for themselves. Those things are forbidden by the religion. The Orange Catholic Bible, which is one of the, and also the other religions that the people follow, say you shall not make any machine in the image of man. So AI is might be a good fucking rule. So well, no, actually, though, no Chat GDP. No, no, the there's no, there's no. Uh, but there are cultures that get, that that they think are starting to violate that rule, but they can't prove it. Uh, they think the people of X, the Tylaxu, might be that's the violent. F- the fucking greasy guy in the he, pool. That no, that's the Harkonnens. I hate him. Vladimir Harkonnen is a great character. He's a great character. But he's a piece of shit. I fucking shit. hate him. Well, wait till you see his, his... I fucking hated Joffrey, too. He's a great character. But wait till you... Well, if you hated Joffrey, wait till you see Harkonnen's nephew called... That's coming out Fade soon. Rotha. That's coming out the end of the who's year. Who's a disgusting... I know, who's a disgusting human being. Florence Pugh's playing somebody. She's playing Irulan. Irulan yeah. is the... She's uh, so pretty. She's the empress... Uh, the em- the princess her. of the empire. I want to touch um, her butt. Well, she's built like a tank, though. She's fucking yeah. That's what I like. Yeah, um, I like a girl that can help me move a couch. Right. <laughs> but the the crazy thing about Dune is, um, the people have become machines. There's a group of people called the Mentats who are actually faster than any machine. They can make calculations. Their eyes. I love the I love the thing where their eyes will roll back in their head and turn white. Yeah. They're doing a calculation. That doesn't happen in the book. That's just. You think a great that's touch. something that uh, George stole for when people warg? At least in the show, um, they roll, their eyes rolled back in their head. I think probably, uh, I, but because a lot, of, not a lot of people understand that there are so many, that George R. R. Martin, of course, loves Dune. Yeah. He's a nerd. He's read all Fuck, of them. He's not a nerd. And he's he, a dork. And all the houses that are in <laughs> Game of Game of Thrones are based on the houses that are in Dune. Yeah. That's a thing from Dune, the heraldry and all that stuff. Um, they're so, you know, I've read videos that there's a, one of the things I love best. You just said you've read videos. I might have, maybe I have a stroke, um, but no, I've I've watched videos of uh, the different cultures. Like I'm one of my favorite is Sardaukar, who are these group of lunatic fucking. They're basically future Vikings, is what they are, and they're just, and they're depicted that way in the movie. Future Vikings is a very good band name. It is. I've been coming up with band names. Uh, I, I've had actually a couple of jewels, but um, 
there are rays on this planet called Seleucus Secundus, and the, and the reason they're such nasty fighters is because it's such an awful place to live. Because the Empire knows that if you keep those people producing on that planet, then you're going to have an endless supply of fanatical, unbeatable warriors. But until they run into the Fremen, who are wor- living in Arrakis, who is an even worse place. So that's what the whole thing revolves around. And um, I love that one of the touches at the end, once Paul wins, because he does, he decrees that Seleucus Secundus becomes a paradise planet. They're going to terraform it and make it into a paradise. Because now there are no, there are no more Sardaukar. So he doesn't want them to, to live anymore. It's a nice thing, but it's also done for a bad reason, for a mean reason. Um, they're such great books. I can't wait to get back into them and read them all and actually be able to get through them. But some of them, I'm going to be honest, some of them are a slog because you just don't like anybody. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> there was one of the Game of Thrones books that I thought was a slog, and I can't remember which one it Feast was. Feast for Crows. I think that was it. But yeah. it wasn't – it was some of the chapters getting – like some of the Arya stuff, it's important information. I'm sure at some point it's going to come back and – and be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, ah, oh, girl has no name, like torture her and like all this stuff. Well, then that would have been, um, some of that's in feast for crows, but a lot of that's in storm of swords. Like storm there, of swords there, was awesome. Storm Maybe swords. it's just those particular chapters. Aria chapters. Cause, it, cause I, it does mirror the show almost exactly up to a certain yes, point. It does it, with Arya's stuff. Some of the chapters were slog like, um, but some of them, when I first read them, were a slog. But then I started liking the Jamie chapters I didn't like. And then I went back and read them again. I loved them. Yeah, especially I, when, especially liked, when he's dealing with the Blackfish. That was I liked great. every one of his chapters. Yeah. He's the best. When the fucking Blackfish took out the gun and slapped him across the face with it. He's just like, yeah. me and you right now. And he's just like, he's like, I'd like that. And he's like, spare me, sir. We know. He said, we both know your hand. It's like, you're not what you were. And he's left. The Blackfish, as far as I know, I haven't he's read alive. the entire thing. He's still, he's hanging out somewhere. And he's loose. And that's what they're all terrified of. Yeah, he's, the ba- <laughs> he's, he's one of the heroes of the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Yeah. Blackfish. Um, Gerald Hightower, you know, these legends. All the one war created all these people. Tywin Lannister is is from the War of the Nine Penny King. God, I wish it was real. What's that? It's a Game of Thrones. You well, it's so much better than all. I like that Mr. Garrison was teaching it in fucking South Park. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Lannisters, that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but wouldn't it just be being a commoner, though, it would kind of suck being in that. Absolutely. Place. It would suck, but you could also become a hedge knight. You could you could go to the wall. They're doing cool shit up at the wall, man. There's all kinds of crazy shit happening up there. I don't know, man. That didn't seem like a too good of an existence to me. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like you'd like, have more freedom. Like you're up, you're at the wall and you're you got your boys around you twenty four seven. You're well, with the boys, hanging out with the boys. Well, the, one of the things until these events happened, it wasn't the the scary stuff about being in the wall. It's the sheer boredom and the cold. Because a lot of people don't even value it anymore. You know, there's only three castles occupied when there yeah. used to be like twelve. So it used to be like a like you were seen as like a marine coming home if if for some reason it a, was an honor. A black brother had to go down to the south. They mm-hmm. they you would they would host you in their homes and everything. Absolutely, and, they still do in the north. In oh, the of north, in the north, of course they do. Um, but you know, it would be a well for one thing, living in a medieval type world. It's a million ways to die. Infection, sickness, violence, you know, any number of reasons, you know, so that would be the scary part. What about a hedge knight's existence? Duncan X seemed like they were having a pretty good time. Um, well, sleeping on the stars. Well, but let's, let's face it. If you're talking about hedge knights, a 18-year-old kid who's seven feet tall is going to have an advantage and have a better life than most hedge knights. I mean, we know people like the Mad Mouse and people like that. They're hedge knights. Mm-hmm. 
their existence suck. And if, if for the penniless, all those guys we talk about, well, I took, I beat uh, Creighton, uh, Sir Creighton, you know, all these other guys who are, they're nothing. They're, they barely have enough money for armor and sword. They, they live a decent, happy, free life, but it's going to aid you. You know, you're going to fight in conflicts that, you know, they're not going to value your life very much. You're going to throw, I mean, Tywin Lannister's not going to look at a hedge knight and want them in his army. What about being a member of the faith militant? Again, just going out. I mean, it's <laughs> fucking raising hell. Well, I mean, that's what you're not supposed to be doing. That, um, and the faith militant they're putting in the in the back in the books are more along the lines of what they were at one point. Well, what they were um, when King in uh, Fire and Blood. I want to say King Daron. Yeah, I think he dissolved them. Yeah, because they were wilding out. They were fucking yeah. going around, yeah. shutting down brothels, killing everybody, killing everybody in the brothel. Yeah, the the order of the stars and the swords is what they called them. They were two different orders. Um, I, I it's absolutely the most staggering work of fiction. I don't care if he finishes it. I, I, I'd I'd happily be a game. I'd of, prefer if he did. Uh, sure, but I but I'd I'd prefer I would I would happily be a Game of Thrones, uh, you know, fanfic completer the rest of my life. Well, there's going to be. Hundreds of thousands of people finishing it for him. Sure, whenever he dies, and there's going to be some works of true genius coming out of that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people are going to get book deals just from sure. fan fictioning the shit out of right. George and you're R. also yeah, and even even they might even go against his wishes and uh, have somebody else finish it for him. I would like to see Tad Williams finish it. Well, take that back. Maybe not him. He's a little too. Let Stephen King have a crack at it. Actually, let I've, we've discussed this before. Have have every one of them had a crack at it? Yeah, like this them, is what I think it should end. This is how I think it should end. Can you imagine this? Sh- if you can make money at something, it's going to happen. This is the sheer money making possibility. Because I would buy every fucking one of them. So Stephen King's version of it would be tremendous. Have uh, there would be J.K. Rowling? She could do. It. She could. She would be able. Extremely able. Um, Ted Williams, Brian, Brandon Sanderson, um, Patrick Rothfuss, all these guys who are giants in the industry, just have them do it. Jim um, Cornette. <laughs> and the Mokies came in. <laughs> um, you know he'd throw in some. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all my favorite things. I'm monopolizing the show yet again. That's fine. No, that's kind of what you're here for because uh, I'm not very talkative today. Okay. Um, my favorite things would be uh, Succession. The show? Show HBO. I need to watch it. It's that. just Game of Thrones in a boardroom. All right. That's what I love about it. All the best stories are about that type of thing. Who's going to take over the company? Who's going to be the king? Whatever. All the best shows are about something like that. Um, everybody in that show is fucking awesome. There's this redheaded girl. She plays Shiv. Brian Cox. He's the best. Smoking hot. This chick's ass. So big for a redheaded gal. Nice. Um, like Joan. Yeah. She Joan. doesn't have the tits of Joan. Mm-hmm. But she's got the ass. She's got the ass for two Jones. Really? Let me tell you what. Um, We're talking about uh, Mad Men. The, uh, you ever seen oh, Mad Men? The redheaded gal. fucking balls. Love red- redheaded people have had a fucking great run with, <laughs> with hot women over the last 10, 15 years. We've discussed that gene. It's those peasant peasant Irish genes with the fucking wide-hipped breeder women. You, you know? got uh, Joan. I don't know her real name. Don't need to know it. Um, you got uh, Sarah Snook, who's plays Shiv on uh, Succession. You've got the one redheaded gal that was in um, uh, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Her, she's a great actress. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bra- Bryce Dallas Howard. She's mm-hmm. she's a smoke show. A bit yeah. of a hefty gal. I like that. Oh yeah. 
Um, also, good director. Yeah. Um, Chip off the old block. Yeah. Um, you got, uh, I'm not saying she's attractive because she's a child, but Mad Max from uh, Stranger Things. That's a redheaded person. She's who's a great out actress here doing as things. Well. She had the biggest arc on the entire show, the whole running up that hill. And thing. she killed it in the whale, apparently. Oh, apparently it's great. Yeah. I can't watch it. I want to watch it because it would crush me. I just hear it's great. And um, I bought it for Amanda to watch. I want to see she it. she really liked it, but she is it's hard. It'd be hard to watch. And she had COVID and I bought it for her so she could watch it when she had COVID. Um, other favorite things. Disc golf. I had a bad weekend last weekend, but I had a well, I don't want to say I had one bad one bad round last weekend, but uh, the other two were okay. I made like <clears throat> how far is the drop zone putt from hole eighteen at uh, Indian Rock? Uh, a good fifty feet. I, w- I want to say seventy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Take it really twenty percent. It's really far. Yeah, it's really fucking far. I was just trying to lay up, mm-hmm. and I couldn't putt like this if I tried. And I just fucking, fucking did like a little flick of the wrist, and it just fucking with my pig, and it goes sailing, sailing to the right of the basket, and then fades and goes right in. I'm like, oh, some of it. I was just trying to lay up. All right, that was a great shot. I'm really good whenever I don't think about what I'm doing. Apparently, um, there's a term for that. I always say just play like player B, because um, when in disc golf, whenever you're putting, uh, if you miss it, then you grab the the disc that's at your feet and go player B. About eighty percent of the time, you make it right, and those don't count. But uh, I, I always just tell myself just to play like player B, just grab it and go. There's a guy now. He won the major last weekend, Isaac Robinson. When he steps up to putt, he just kind of does this. That does a couple. He doesn't of take fakes. his time at all. He yeah, just, he just steps up, puts his marker down, move, throws his old disc, and uh, steps up, looks at the basket, does a couple pump fakes, and then just lets go. Looks like he's throwing away trash, right? And it goes in so often from far, from 40, 50 feet. He, There's he, lessons there. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't let it get it get in his head. Like yeah. he doesn't give it time to get in his head. He just, so he just yeah. That's got to be it. Um, this weekend I had a good uh, good weekend. You guys have really been playing a lot. Yeah, we played. Uh, I need to play more during the week. There's there's courses within ten minutes of where I work. I could go get a round in before I come home. It's seven o'clock by the time I get home. Yeah, but man, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I want to come home and read fucking Game of Thrones. Right, that's what I do when I come right. home. Right. I mean, there's. A, I have so many plans that I'm executing, and I have to fight that urge to just come on home. You know what I mean? There's a there has to be an evening workout. I, I have to go do it if I want to accomplish what I want. And sometimes, man, it's just like I really don't fucking want to do this today, even though it's something I love. You know, it's like uh, David Goggins whenever he talks about running. He said sometimes I sit sit for half an hour and stare at my running shoes, mm-hmm. and they're looking at me, making fun of me. And it sometimes takes me a half hour to put those motherfuckers on. Yeah, but I always put them on. It's just I, I want to get good at disc golf, so I should after work go play nine. Just go play nine. All right. It takes a half hour. Well, there's a saying that this guy saw in this one of these self-help things. He said, quantity. He said, do not worry about the quality of something. Just fucking do it. Or I, I think there's a there's something to be said about sometimes we can set goals that are too big mm-hmm. for us, and they're almost – it becomes impossible to do consistently. Sure. Better to make smaller goals, but make something you can do every day. Mm-hmm. Or five days a week consistently, so you don't just stop because it seems overwhelming. Make it make them smaller, so you actually do them. Right. It's like the thing with my uh, 
my New Year's resolutions, I wanted to learn two languages. And do That's big. Stuff. I was like, you know. Your uh, eyes were a little bit bigger than your belly. Yeah, they really were. And it was it really got to be a thing. The, the crazy thing about it was I was stressing it so much, I was doing it too much. And just like learning boxing or anything like that, your brain needs rest to repair the damage you've done by creating a new neural pathway. So once you do that, it comes back to you. Instead of thinking about it, it rolls off the tongue. Like I was, I don't know if you heard this story. Um, there was a guy came in. He's the second highest guy in the company the, for the place I work. Was he wearing an ascot? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> sure. He was wearing an ascot. Wow. Um, and he was French. And, <laughs> and I started speaking French to him. And he thought I was French for like, really did for wow. a minute. And um, and everybody's looking at me. How you know they're like amazed. It was very limited what I spoke, but what I spoke was excellent. And that was one of the words, one of the things I was wanting to do. And it created so this now hunger you're the to want to It, dude, I got to tell you, those things can can really set fire to something. Like if that guy remembers me later on, he's like, oh, because he remember me. He's like Chuck, you know, and I talked to him and. You know, it was really an awesome feeling to be able to d- d- converse with somebody in a language that's not my own. So, mm-hmm. was he polite to you? Was he nice? Absolutely, to you? he was so floored by it. Like he would have loved being, it if you were in the corner building a, a uh, b- building a fucking guillotine. Like this is for our politicians. <laughs> right, <Yeah. laughs> no, he and no. Th- when I first said uh, he walked in, and I just reached out my head and said enchanté. And he was just like, ah, he really went like that because he thought I was French. He kissed your hand. And he's, and, and, uh, I said, what does Lachante mean? Nice to meet you. Like it's just it's, a yeah, it's casual just a greeting. Casual greeting, but it can be used in any, uh, you can say bonjour, but it's just like, that's real example. Enchante is a little just like folksier. French uh, is, is really from the back of your mouth. It's really a creed language. It's very, um, like the phrase I spoke, <laughs> yes. the phrase, <laughs> the phrase I spoke to him. I said, uh, uh, I said, uh, "Je suis enchanté de te rencontrer." Is what I said to him, and he, you know, he was like smiled real big and shook my hand, and you know, and he then I uh, as he's leaving, I was like, uh, I said, "I'll be in tour. You know, as he's leaving, he's like smiled again, and he's going to remember that. And he was floored by a person in Appalachia of all places speaking to him in. At, in this in, valley, and and what he was, and what he said, and I don't know this because I, I don't have an ear for it. He said perfect French, and I was just like, "That's awesome! That's a great feeling." I venture to say, you are the only person in this valley that knows more than bonjour um, in French. Like, you know what I mean? I'd be willing to bet there'd be some of that surprise, unless they're high school kids taking French. right. That's, how, yeah, how did you're you, the only forty five year old in this rally? Yeah, that's fair. Working that's at a, a film fair. How, how are you learning French? I taught myself. Duolingo, YouTube videos. Like I use, I use uh, Duolingo. It's a good app. Like for for beginners <laughs> to learn a language with Spanish and stuff, just because it's probably the most practical. Sure. Um, you can also speak kitchen Spanish. Don't you? Yeah, I can. I, I ran a, a kitchen, an entire kitchen in Spanish in Cedar Point. Because all the kids were Colombian, they were rich, and they spoke really good English. But when, when the chips were down, I was like, I don't have time to explain to you, so I'll just have to rattle things off in Spanish. And I, I'm, I don't like to say good things about myself because I can't stand arrogance. But at the same time, I have an ear for languages and for memorizing things. So languages for me are pretty easy, you know. 
Um, have you ever, ever tried any like Asian languages? I have them? not. That's different. That's complete. I yeah, tried Celtic, which is different. I, I, I tried I, Korean for a while. And oh, I, I didn't get. I didn't get past learning the alphabet. It's, Dude, it's so fucking different because Chinese has four different pronunciations for every word, and they're so <laughs> radically different. I just think that's for me. And that would be. Impossible. They also have like at least two different. Complete languages, Mandarin, Mandarin, yes, and yes. Then, right. The, and the thing about it is, I say that with a limited provision, or the you know that I can speak languages that um, are close to English, or at least something I'm going to be really able to. Like uh, you know, I, I'm able to speak a few sentences in Irish. Um, um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, now that I've been put on the spot, I used to be able to like bastardize Spanish. Um, I can say hello, Geochich. Uh, and the and the answer to that is just well, which, and uh, giving some you know, your a thank you is a garamahagat, and then the and the you're a what you're a fat. What? Thank you is garamahagat, garamahagat, and then the uh, and then the answer to that is tefotarut, and it's and it's uh, Celtic Celtic and Irish Celtic is a beautiful language to speak. It's, it's difficult. And it, and it shares some similarities with English, but not much because it's not a romantic language. It is a Celtic language that was around before I've, Rome. I've looked so. at, from from what I understand, like uh, the Morstan side is Welsh. Mm-hmm. Of my oh, family. dude! And their their language. I look a little bit into their it's language. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's even difficult by Celtic standards because it's so misspelled. Yeah. Like a word will look like something that doesn't sound. It's like Polish. Polish, you know. Something is spelled. It's completely sound. You know, completely There's different. Consonants. There, like, yes, they made new consonants for this language. Like Polish is, you know, completely a non-romantic uh, language, <clears throat> and so is so is Celtic. So I I'm going to speak a little bit of Italian. I never- oh, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Italian sign language. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, I never had any desire to learn Italian. Um, but no, I mean it's it's such a fun thing, and I'm gonna. That's another uh, goal for this apartment because I'm gonna have a lot more free time on my hands without having maintenance. That I would like to keep learning my French. I'm gonna pick, just go with French, and learn how to speak it. How did so. you say you learned? Like, did you use it with the help of an app or just YouTube? YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, there's a uh, one video I read. It's French 101. It's just the basics, and I just watched it over and over and over, and were and would speak it to myself when I was going out to stoke the furnace. And just keep doing it and come back in. And it's just sheer fucking bloody-minded determination. But I know there's a principle that goes from short-term memory to long-term memory. If you do things enough time, that it is now part of your neural pathway. It's almost painful because you don't want to do it because it's difficult. And forming a new neural pathway, especially when you get older, when your body's not rubber, like a young, like a young kid, it's a little bit more difficult. But um, it's very rewarding. That one, That one moment where I was able to speak another language was one of the most satisfying things in my entire life. It was, it was crazy. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, I watched like a documentary last night called Moment of Contact. It's about, in 1996, they're alleging that a alien aircraft landed in Brazil, Virginia, Brazil. Yes, I've seen this. And they were. It looked like they were on like a search and rescue mission going over the town, and there was two little girls, fourteen, fifteen year old girls, walking through like an alley, and there was a like creature. a thing there, and like 
uh, a guy, there's a couple guys that captured the being, is what they're calling it, and it was oily and slick and, and it greasy, and, it, and like within five days he died mm-hmm. of, of an infection. And there was, it, we, it did not make its way up here, this story, right? until, I mean, I guess, I wasn't watching the news then, but it seems like it happened. What what year was this? Nineteen ninety six. Were there any photos or anything? Did they have no or artist renditions? Of There's what artist like, renditions. Of what um, it like. But man, black with red eyes. You know that it's so. Those things, I I think we want to believe them, so it makes it that much easier to prey upon it. I I think I don't know. There's so many stories that just seem legitimate because they're so strange. You know about about alien life and. There's apparently a video or something where a a kid, a gray, you know, one of the grays, mm-hmm. like peeks its head around and steps, you know, and you can, I'd have a fucking heart attack. Alien, oh, yeah. Aliens terrify me. I used to. Almost I, more than shit. I used, that used to be like my biggest fear as a kid growing up. And uh, like, I would, I would always like have a fear of looking out my window and seeing one, yes, and like I, like one time, like I swore I saw one just because it, but it was just like the sha- reflection right. of the shadow. You're like your the, paranoid the, brain the kicked yeah. up, yeah. And I, I swore I, like one shadow, one shadow made a an eye or mm-hmm. something. But like I used to be so afraid of that. If you want to really terrify yourself, there's a book and a movie called Communion that Christopher Walken was in, and apparently, yeah, I know, I heard the book, yeah, but, and they these aliens forcibly took the guy from his house, and actually he passed a lie detector test. So well, then there's the guy. At, I think he might have been in Oregon. The uh, fire in the sky. Yeah. That, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's a great Dude, movie. That <laughs> fucking scene where he's in the ship. Yeah, is the most horrifying. It fucking, is. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's, I, get, I get chills right now thinking because they're so brutal with him. Yeah. They stick the thing in his fucking eye. And they're just you know, he punches one of them and it's got that look on his face. I don't know if I saw this on another thing or whatever. There was a there was a story that a guy told being picked up by them and then he saw a hybrid. Like it was a human being, but it had their eyes and stuff. Can you imagine the sheer nastiness of that? The the oh. the stomach turning revulsion, and not because they're bad creatures or anything. It's just so. Whoosh! <laughs> that yeah, He's very jumpy. I'm on edge. Yeah, this is fire to the sky, right? Yes. But uh, Rogan's interviewed the guy. I saw I saw parts it's of insane. that. Insane. He dude. He really seems genuine. Travis Walton's his name. Yeah. They're very rough with them. Yeah. Well, they have no respect for human life. It's a creature beneath them. I have a theory. Go ahead. About what these aliens are, if that's what they are. I what think do you they're. Think they are? I think they're us from the future. No, from the past. I think society here got really far, not using electricity or anything, but it got really far. Like, because they have. Um, all the crafts that they see have no visible visible means of propulsion. They they defy our physics, and I I think there was a cataclysm that happened here, and there was. I mean, everybody knows numerous, about the Great numerous Flood, yeah. all that stuff, and they they keep digging up things and finding them from way older than we think. Right, and I think these motherfuckers got the hell out of Dodge, and now they're coming back and checking on us. Um, it's a dumb I, theory. I it's not, that's not a, a dumb theory. theory. I, I, I've heard. I've heard more of like they're from the future. That kind of theory, and 
even it goes into like evolution and what we would look like in millions of years and stuff. And it's and actually it, fairly accurate. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. we'll lose all muscle tone cause we won't have to do anything anymore. Well, we're not a warrior race anymore. Yeah. So our brains will get gigantic because I mean, yeah, we'll, um, they have all the pictures of aliens, artist renditions or whatever. They don't have genitals because they've just evolved out of them. They don't need them Yeah, anymore. we're becoming ever more androgynous. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I look like a lady. I mean, you're... I'm shining. He's a lady. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that fire in the sky. That dude... That was scary shit, I don't, I don't there's not a, believe... I, I don't believe him, believe him, but I don't not believe him. And then there's uh, the guy that... Um, Worked at the research lab, yeah, Element um, One Fifteen, and all this, and they're, and they're trying, trying to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's been talking about this since well, like have the we 80s. T- have, have we have I told the story on here about? Um, and also, they're kind of confirming it now. The government's like right, but they could also be have something else in like distract them from other things with this. What about the story about Jackie Gleason? Have you heard this one? Yes. Jackie Gleason was playing pool with Richard Nixon. They were friends, and they were in Florida. And Nixon got drunk, and Nixon, as he was wont to do, wanted Jackie Gleason to like him even mm-hmm. more. So he said, "Well, come with me." They drove down to a fucking base down there. They, you know, he lets him in, Mr. President, and, and they go in, and they go down this place, and he opens up a freezer or something. And Jackie Gleason says, "Jackie Gleason told this story." Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "I thought they were children. They weren't children. They were alien bodies that had been recovered from a craft." He would have no. Re- He's the great one. He would have no reason to lie. You know, it's just mm-hmm. I. There's plus we've had the discussion a hundred times before, and you know, people. I think people use this, you know, in a trite way now. But the whole great filter thing with Enrico Fermi talking about, you know, that, uh, and all the physicists sit around talking about how the chances of there being, you know, uh, alien civilizations out there are overwhelmingly, yeah. inf- you know. Just like in the favor meet, just of the numbers, you know, the right? Mich- the Michio Kaku guy, mm-hmm. he's like a physicist guy. Yeah. He says, with all these new revelations, it's looking more like, um, it's more likely that there are other other living beings yeah. out in space than not. But the scary, the, the scariest theory this is out Jackie there. Gleason's house. After he went in with oh Nixon, he made a flying saucer house. Could you imagine, like, no, ha- knowing that, like, having that knowledge? That's why I'm scared. Like some- that, not just like like firsthand. Like you saw it, right? Like, I mean- but you know what I think? There is a shadowy group behind governments too that makes sure that the people who aren't able to handle it. I don't think they told Trump anything. No, because no. they're just like this guy's too much of a fucking moron. We can't. They see- told we- Clinton because oh sure they he definitely said some did. things. Yeah, they told Obama definitely because they know he's he, all of the things aside. Man, got ice water. Would you want to know that? Like, if you had to, tr- not n- like not saying you're president, but just would you just want, want to know? Want to, would you want to have that knowledge? I think it would really mess me up for a little while. Well, um, my ex, the guy I used to work for when I worked at the welding shop, he was the uh, elect- electrician boss. Yeah, he. I asked him about it, like the what he thinks of like the possibility of alien stuff, and he said, if it's true, then that means the uh, God lied in the Bible. Because he's a big Christian guy, yeah. And if there are other other things, then it completely devalues. You would have mass suicides. Everything. You would have mass suicides, but you would also have. They've done models, you know. You know, 
where they think it would go. There would be mass suicides. That would happen. Then you would have a cult of alien people. Then you would have people that would, that would adapt their Bible and their religious beliefs because they're too strong with and take the aliens in. And this is just there the knowledge of. It's not for, it's not contact. It's just the knowledge of. Right. But the knowledge of. But if they had to acknowledge those things, then you'd have a group, group of people who, like with evolution and with dinosaurs, that would just totally deny. Say, I don't believe it. I don't care. I don't care if it's staring you right in the face. People are able to do that. It's like you show them footage and they say, I don't believe that. And like, you're looking right at it. That's what it is. That's being faked. The whole thing is fucking absurd. You know, people are like that. I mean, they, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. So, um, but the, I was going to say the scariest theory is the, uh, the monster or the wolf in the woods theory that there are civilizations all around us. And we keep on sending out fucking things. And one of them is eventually going to contact us and be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> not because they're being mean, because there's something out there and they are not. We're just kind. annoying ants. No, no, no. Like they're they're going to be like, we would like to talk to you and all those things, but there's somebody out there that isn't friendly. And if you keep fucking talking, they're going to come after oh. you. Be quiet. You know, and that might have already happened. Because <clears throat> they, they have scaled back a lot of the stuff where they, SETI and all that stuff isn't, is defunded. And what's, I think it's because. SETI? <clears throat> Search for extraterrestrial intelligence, oh, yeah. and uh, it's been it's been scaled back. And I think the reason it's scaled back is they know it's our it's we already know. And I think that 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 might they might have had contact with another friendly race and be like, guys, we can secretly talk to each other, and we know you're populous because we have agents among you, and we know you you guys aren't ready. You your your race and your culture are not ready for this because there's I think there's there's more there's. Uh, there's more of a chance of there not being any life out there than there just being like one or two different species that we know about. So if there's life out there, there's nearly infinite different yeah. t- different well, types I of civiliz- civilizations. Uh, the, the Goldilocks zone is is the you know mm-hmm. the the zone around the yeah. sun where you can create life, but the circumstances to create life are so broad, and also too, um, just the math. When you just break down the yeah. math, is so overwhelmingly and, in favor of and, and just guy, just in our galaxy, but then like all the you know, the, the the crazy number of galaxies in the universe. But then you got to figure the other things like communication. There was there was very little chance that we'd be able to communicate with you because of speed of light and distances. Well, and all, light. not only distances, but just differences in the way we've evolved, differences in the way like, we think. Lex Friedman always asks. Every guests about what what they think about aliens. I think he I think he always asks everyone. Yeah, he um, does. But like, he he seems to think that like maybe the aliens are like all around, or their signals are all around us. We just haven't we we haven't developed the ability. We to, don't know how to receive to them. see it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not see it visually, but just. And also, too, I would hate to I would hate for us to meet a peaceful alien culture in our current state. We're not ready. And we're not ready because we're still war and conquest oriented. You know, it'd be, it would be terrible to me if we were to meet somebody less advanced than us, and then we have to go through the things that, that human beings have done to other human beings since the dawn of time to them. That would be an awful thing. And there would be people that because they're willing to do it to other people. What do you think they're going to do it to another entire race, a species? Of, I mean, they, they'd be willing to do it well, because you know. And the thing, the thing with that though is like. If if they if they're advanced enough that they can communicate back to us, they're probably the chances of them of us being even similar similar in intelligence are small. Slim. Like chances are they're you know many millions of years ahead of us. Right, but then you could also go down the route that uh, there's so many interesting routes you could go. For one thing, you could go down the route that uh, 
if there is a culture out there like that, the odds of them being aggressive and conquest oriented are way in favor. I mean, they're just because to get to that point, to have interstellar travel, to do all these things, they would have to be conquest oriented. Because think about the sheer amount of fucking resources you would have to have mm. to power these things and build these things. I mean, they would you would have to spread out to to claim it it's be it, dune is a great example of this because mankind had to spread out because we were we had depleted earth and we needed to go to other places who says that i, I hate mankind always being pigeonholed we're, we're a virus no we're just a thinking species that keeps growing beyond our bounds that would happen to any th- thinking species really and they're going to have to spread to other places to have play, have room to live and to have you know just resources like if dolphins and whales had opposable thumbs to where they could manipulate their environment they'd have the same shit that we do probably. more than likely i mean it's and also they have struggles between them you know they have they fight they have wars and struggles between themselves it is the nature of of animal life and just life in general to be combative I, that's i've heard stuff like that before like with dolphins not having a, uh, opposable thumbs like even if you have the intelligence, if you don't have the physical means of yeah. doing anything with it to make technology, it, it's... But that's pretty narrow because then you think about, you know, we're thinking about technologies that we have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about technologies they could develop if they don't, if they just think... It, it's it's so easy to get drafted into thinking a certain way that you can't think outside of that way. Yeah, and you, and you definitely have to think outside the box when you're talking about other life forms. Wait, think about, uh, there was one... Um, outside the bone. Science fiction... <laughs> There's one science fiction book where I, I don't remember the author, but they had gone to this planet and all they saw were these insects. I hate that shit. <laughs> they saw these insects and they just thought it was this, but it turned out they were a hive mind, you know, species. And they're obviously going to do different things. You have so many species that are on the cusp of becoming something greater. You know, we have also, we have our cousins. We have mm-hmm. the, the chimps who are now entering the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. We have, um, but the one of the most terrifying groups are uh, uh, bees and insects. They're uh, ants that are a high mind species. They're, there's no, nothing saying they can't become a higher form of intelligence because they're all, because they're all going to one thing. They are. Some people don't even like to describe them as separate organisms, as one organism. Because they're not in individually intelligent. They, they, they are, but it's a, yes, some exactly. Is, yeah. Think about that. Also, uh, bacterial life, uh, fungal life. Yeah, like the mycelium that Paul Stamets talks about. Like yeah, the, like on uh, Last of Us. Yeah. I mean, it's just all the different ways life can be. I'll tell you one, one of the greatest books to read if you want to just open your mind on things. And people don't realize this. Twilight. Hitchhiker's Guide oh. to the Galaxy. Is such a brilliant fucking work, not because it's just funny, but because it's so massive in its scope about what these different forms of life could be or would be. Another one is Hyperion. Hyperion, the, the Dan Simmons books. Holy balls. You want to talk about something just a massive, just staggering book of imagination about where not only humankind can go, but it's more, it's, it's kind of like Dune. Because there were these creatures called the Ousters, and they were people that left Earth at a, at, a, at, a, at a time in the distant past, and they just became different creatures. You had some of them that were in these comet comet cities. They were they they had you know attached cities to a comet, and they just go with it. And they have they're they're one of them that have terraformed giant pieces of space. They get this 
like a Dyson sphere and they fucking create and they just make it all habitable and they can fly. And then you got ones that can, you know, live on high G worlds that become strong and, and bulky. And then they live in these uh, cave cities on different planets. The human body and, and mammals especially are so malleable that we can become virtually anything until we become something that's not even human anymore. Hmm. That's it's handled in different ways in different books. Dune does it a certain way. Hyperion does it a certain way, and even Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy does it in certain ways. Only it's more concerned with alien life and being pithy and funny. So you know, it's it's fascinating stuff. Hmm. Another favorite thing are the uh, traveling Wilburys. Oh yeah, they've always been great. Because um, the ugliest band in the history. We were man. talking about it was like <laughs> in in this band they started in eighty. They put out an album in eighty eight. You got George Harrison. He was in the Beatles. You got Bob Roy, Dylan. Roy he's Orbison. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Roy Orbison. He's fucking Roy Orbison. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. He's Tom Petty. Right. Uh, fucking Jeff Lynne. ELO. It's the fucking greatest supergroup of all time. They didn't have to do this. Right. They didn't need to do this. They just decided they liked each other, got together and wrote some songs, had some fun. Why didn't they? Why How they, cool. Why aren't they more popular than that than they were? I don't know. I mean, because people suck. It's just. They don't. They, they can't. They had a couple hits. End of the line. No pearls before swine, I always say. <laughs> End of the line. What was the other one? Um, well, it's all. That's end of the line, right? Yeah. Uh, then there was the other. Ding, 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 Plus, you got to handle with care. Handle with care. So yeah. you got to think with all those guys, though. One of the reasons they probably didn't get that big is because they don't need the money, and they're just yeah. writing stuff they want. They're just they, writing what they want. They yeah. write on what they want to play. Well, maybe because they were they were considered to be in the second half of their career, like they've already hit their peak. Tom Petty had only been around for twelve yeah. years at that time, right? Maybe. But I think they're. It's like Chickenfoot. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I mean, they're just. <laughs> Amazing musicians. Nobody cares because a lot of people can't think beyond. Dude, it's, it's like we've spoken about before. When I, when I go into the gym, there's certain people there, and I have to bring earbuds because the absolute fucking bullshit they listen to. That's most people. So, you know, I'm into punk. A lot of, a lot of people like it. But I'm also worldly enough about music, educated enough about music to know that things like traffic wheelberries and chickenfoot are something that's absolutely unique and beautiful. You know, it's just, and not everybody sees that. And it's not that they're dumb. It's just that they're not into music like that. So yeah, a lot of people don't even think of music as anything other than something to turn on while they're it's just, right, I don't, I don't just get background that. stuff. I don't get that perspective. I don't get it. Music is one of the things that sets human, sets human beings apart that and dance. Do you think aliens make good music? It would depend on what their culture would be. I, I mean, again, maybe we're unique in the things that we do things out of sheer joy. I mean, there's so many things to think about with that. That's one of my favorite parts of The Matrix is that there's a point where they start dancing and they have the conversation like machines don't have this. They don't understand this. So let's dance and have fun. You know, they because they're not capable. They're intelligence, mm-hmm. but they're not us. That's why AI music is never going to. no. It's just it just it's can't still, capture. It's it. still scary. It can't. It is still scary. I I compared AI music. Um, I said I said music and even fucking writing and shit like that, like books and stuff. I compared like the artists us to John Henry, and they are the steam drill. Mm-hmm. The AI is the steam drill, and um, we're going to kill ourselves trying to beat that steam drill, but we're going to win. Well, but I also think that there's going to come. Like we've discussed before, there's going to come that turning point with mankind where we're talking about evolution. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. There's going to kind of come a point where part of mankind is going to go this way 
and they're just going to become essentially cyborgs. We're a cyborg right now. This technically makes you a cyborg. Kind of, yeah. Because um, it's something that we carry around with that alters us fundamentally. If you put in earbuds, you're a cyborg. Yeah. It's very simple, but you're going to have – Glasses. Gonna, yeah. It's a technology. You're going to have technologies. Gonna, you're going to have implants. It's going to be all these things that are going to change you fundamentally as a human being. It's going to weaken the species. They're going to become weaker, but they might win. Then you're going to have the people who reject that, and they're going to try to go. There's going to be a movement that's going to happen sooner or later where people are going to want to return to their savage past, and I would go with them wholeheartedly. Especially with like AI like uh, exponentially getting more and more they, clo- closer to AGI. They fired a guy from, what was it, well, one of them who – Warn them about AI. Yeah. He said, "This the is Google he guy. Said, he's, he's, he's this thing is self aware, and this is getting scary." Stephen Hawking, do you need any more <laughs> advice than Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan saying, "Hey, um, this isn't a good idea, guys." Yeah. Elon know? Musk said, "When he should, we should put a six month stop." A lo- yeah, a lot of like to advance uh, top people in the tech field have signed on to that letter. The the pause in AI because it's just it's right. Is that a point an inflection point where like it's not going to happen though? No, it's it's a modern version of the Hague Conference. The Hague Conference, if you're familiar with that, have we talked? About I know that it's uh, <clears throat> wasn't that the uh, before World War One? Yeah, where Russia, the Czar of Russia, called it and said, "Hey, we need to put a pause on military advancements and all that stuff because this is getting really scary, guys." So, and then the rest of them were like. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's just have our food. And, oh, that's a great idea. Fuck that guy. And, you know, but we've got flying pro- machines. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a giant wheeled bicycle. <laughs> He's over there with his cannons and spears. <laughs> Jaybo, you got any favorite things you'd like to shout out before uh, we end this thing? A few things. Uh, spent some time with my niece and nephew this week. Okay. She's my niece is just over three years old. My nephew is like five months. And uh it's just fun. It's just fun. I don't have any kids myself, but mm-hmm. it's just fun to like that you know of. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. There, there was that one weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. um but it's just get pregnant from butt sex. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Dashing my dreams again. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's just it's just fun to like watch how three year old minds work and how they how they think about the world differently. They're so open to everything, like and they're all in the minute. Yeah, yeah. and they're just like uh, I mean, they're just so they just they want to, they're so curious about the world and they're not they're not bitter about anything yet. You know, and it's just but it's kind of sad because you know at some point they're gonna. <laughs> They're gonna hate everything. They're, they're gonna, yeah. yeah. But it's it's fun to see it while they're still like just so open and innocent and uh, why and they're able to be why? silly. Yeah, I love silliness. Yeah, it's the that's the best thing to get down with a kid and just be silly and make them laugh. Yeah. Like Maddie, there's a man that's neat. Just we just have fun. We laugh. Yeah. We do. You know, it's the best thing yeah. in the whole world. Annie, when Annie was a baby, we would get we would do silly things. You know, it, it's just it's it's the best. Uh, also. Uh, Disc golf, last weekend was a good disc golf weekend. We played a two day tournament, two round Saturday. Was the hotel room like professional? Nice. One round Sunday. Where at? Huntington. <laughs> no, I mean, what was the hotel? Uh, Red Roof. Red Roof. We're Red Roof people. It's mm. it it works. Microtel. Do Microtel. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so. nice. They're actually not bad. Uh, but it was nice disc golf weekend. A fun tournament. Uh, we we played a little little tournament today. One round tournament, and then played afterwards. So disc golf is always fun. It's always fun improving and see. Like we had the rating system, so we can 
you can tell like if you're improving a little bit just by the rating numbers going I up. I feel like so. I improved today ten percent from last yeah, week. Yeah, you, you had a good day today. Week. Can I yeah. ask you this? Did you take a break before that that improvement happened? Well, maybe no, you're playing too much. No, just last. I haven't played at all between last Sunday and today. And then today, uh, I f- everything felt good. Everything. Uh, neural, I was I was considering starting to teach myself to play left handed. Right. Your neural pathways healed. <laughs> I was like, I've got to teach myself to play left handed. This is not working. All right. Meanwhile, if I'd have played that same tournament last year, it would have been twice as bad. Yeah. So you so. got you got to the point where you're considering using a different limb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe I, I can play with my foot. I didn't touch a disc all week, except for I'd sit there. I have a disc that I just pop up and down. Right, but as I was saying before, remember when I said I, I went to the gym and like the the punches felt right, like it was almost like you're. Imagine you're playing like something, and you get the and you a flash of light happens when you get it right. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling that I think there's your neural pathways healed themselves, and you were finally because you didn't play. And I just yeah. I didn't. I kept thinking about a putt that I missed that hit the cage and rolled out of bounds. Right. When I was putting for a par and it rolled out of bounds, and then I get it uh, back from out of bounds, and I put it again, and it rolls out of bounds again. Because I'm, I'm confident enough now to try to make putts at 25, 35 feet. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make them when, you know, maybe be a little bit smarter and take a four, just lay up. Right. But I'm confident enough to do it now. But it rolled out of bounds twice, which is a, a stroke penalty each time. So I ended up taking a nine on a hole. Damn. The very next hole, I'm like, I can reach that. I'm just going to try to ace it. There's out of bounds all around that. So I tried to ace it, and I threw probably the farthest shot I ever threw with a putter. And it went over over the basket. It was 10 feet above it, went into the woods. It was still rising when right. it went into the fucking woods. <laughs> I really got a hold of that one. Yeah. And so I take a five on that one. And the next hole, I'm like, I'm going to try to ace this one too. And it's a 425-foot fucking throw. And it doesn't come back. And then I settled down. And then the rest of the round was fine, but uh, it was it was it was very bad. Right. But um, this week, every it, you know you remember you know how you, when you get good at something things seem to slow down. Yes. Today it seemed like the everything was slowed flow, down. Flow yeah. theory. Yeah. It seemed like everything was slowed down a little. It's my first round still wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's the best I've ever done there by seven strokes. So anyway, I interrupted JMO to talk Wait, about myself. No, that, I, you, I, I do that a lot. Your too, best I'm by sorry. seven was it wine cellar or wine uh, cellar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Wine Cellar, I think the best I did last year was plus 11, and today I was plus four. Um, well, the, the last thing I was going to mention is last year I started watching a series on Amazon Prime. It came out last year called Night Sky. I've heard of Star, it. Starring J.K. Simmons and Sissy Spacek. I enjoy well, J.K. Shit, Simmons you can't and fucking beat them. And, and uh, well, unfortunately, like I heard a couple months ago, that it didn't get picked up, so there's just the one season, and that's that all. Be and it was it was like eight or ten episodes, but I finished watching it in, this past week. I watched. I was saving the last episode because I heard it got canceled. It got good. Um, it got good critical uh, reviews, but it just not enough people were watching it. All right, but like I, I love it. Like it, it was like they're like an old retired couple, um, and they they pretty much live in like a retired a retired life in suburban America, but they have, uh, and it goes into how they found it. But they they go in this old shed, and uh, mm-hmm. it starts out it starts out like a tip like a typical just you know like kind of kind of like an old love story. Mm-hmm. But uh, and they're like uh, in the first episode, like you want to go uh, watch the stars? Sure. And they go in this old shed, and there's like a hidden. Um, 
a hidden door underneath and they go to and it's like it's like this alien you can tell it's like an otherworldly chamber they go in it and like it's sort of like they teleport and they go into this this room where there's a big window and it's like it's, it's like it's it's a some other planet where they have a view of like like different moons and like different stars and stuff like and there's like and like you learn more and more about like how they found it and what Are it they is aliens? They, no they're not aliens they're they're humans they they don't see any they don't see any alien life forms it's just okay. but like it it's, it looks like an alien you know some alien civilization built this chamber mm-hmm. uh so it's it's like some high technology but like they've they've kind of just went to it, it's become normal to them every now and then they go up and like just enjoy the view for the mm-hmm. night and come back but like it's such an original idea for I don't want to give too much away for because I'm going to watch it for now. a series, but and it's and there I guess they canceled after the first season. It's only eight or ten episodes, but there's like a good love story with them. It deals with like um, there's a tragedy with their with their son, mm-hmm. and there, it's just like there's so much good stuff in it. I, and plus, it's a shame it got canceled. I mean, as you can't, I can't belabor this point enough. Sissy Spacek is. The greatest. Oh yeah, that, but J.K. Simmons acting is great. Gives immediate legitimacy yeah. to anything yeah. he's in. Yeah, acting is amazing. In it. I mean, he had he had a bit part in the stand, and I'll go back and oh. wa- and I'll go back and rewatch it. I've only watched a couple episodes of that. Did to, you see this episode? In. He's in. I don't think so. I only watched like one or we'll two. We'll watch it. It's a little bit longer, so we'll watch when we're done. It's beautiful. Like it set the whole thing for me that made me want to watch the rest of it. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to. But he's just yeah, he's I'm great. gonna watch that show. Um the good news about these streaming shows is they're licensed to their streamers, so maybe somebody else will pick it up. You know? Yeah. Also he's Omni Man, if you yeah. are familiar with Invincible. I think, I think you would like that show. Dude, actually. there is nobody that doesn't like that show. It's a cartoon about a <clears throat> like um Oh, okay, I've heard of it's that. on Amazon. It's you think about, it's gonna be regular nineties? No. It's, it's they end up at the first no, part of the last it part of the first thing. Yeah, you you're think. like, holy shit. You know, it's yeah. like so Yeah, I've heard about he's that. He's just too. he's he, he's really good in that voice too. Anything he can else? be so Boys, menacing. He is very menacing. Whiplash. Wh- Whiplash. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> it's hard to watch. I feel bad for my I mean, I know it's acting, but it's having seen abuse myself, you know. It is. It is. It makes puts you in a very uncomfortable place. Mm. So, I think we've done enough damage here. Folks. We have. It's been a good one. Though. All right, this it's been is a banger. Almost, almost two hours and forty minutes, I believe. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you, JMO, for coming by. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It was an honor and a privilege. See you guys next time. What are you doing? Why is it not playing? Oh, That's why. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs>